Hello, very good morning to you. You're welcome to The Big Issue. We are live on 97.3 City FM. We're also live on Facebook and other socials. My name is uh, Salam Adunu. The show, as always, is live and interactive. You can join the conversation via uh, WhatsApp line 020-444-7033 uh, or 0549-986-996. We'll be happy to hear from you and share your views uh, with the rest of the world. Last week around this time, the New Patriotic Party, the governing party, uh, had started their election to elect flag bearer, their flag bearer or leader of the party for the next four years. Uh, as it turned out, by the end of the day, Mahmoudou Baumia garnered 61% uh, of the vote against closest contender, uh, Kennedy Japan, who garnered some 37%. That was the showdown that was expected on that day. As we speak, Baumia is now the leader of the new patriotic party. He's also the vice president of the country. Uh, the aim or the objective of the party for Baumia himself, the president, and indeed the party chairman as espoused on that day is that they have to, they want to break the eight. We ask, are we really in for breaking the eight or we are upholding the eight or we are ending a duopoly? Ending of duopoly means that there is a third force from somewhere which is hoping to do the magic. And that third force we will introduce to you or we will tell you about soon. Of course, you already know about that third force. But how is the NPP supposed to position itself with a new flag bearer and a new leader now against a sitting president? What must President Akufado be doing to give more expression to the leadership of uh, Nana, the leadership of Baumia? So Baumia becomes his leader, whilst he also remains his leader as president. Baumia is his leader as flag bearer. How should that combination work? How should how should they fashion a workable relationship to ensure that the objective of running the state is achieved and the objective also of breaking the eight is achieved? Uh, Baumier's election appears to have put paid to the long-held view that the MPP is an Akan party. Really, does that conclude the matter in respect of that? We will deal with it. How does the MPP now appear? A more nationalistic party, a party that is... Uh, ready now to give a representation or to offer people from all parts of the country a place around the table? And has that really been in doubt? We will look at all of that today. What has John Mahama been doing? Is he now ready or that, now that he sees uh, his contender from the other side, what must he be doing? Must they adjust or tweak any of their strategies or the expected Bamiya to win already? So there's no need to tinker with their strategy. The movement for change, best from the MPP, Alan Kodjo-Chemantin appears to have hit the ground running as well with his yellow campaign, retail politics, and that's what my guest has called it, uh, moving from place to place in Ashanti region, in Greater Accra, and a few other places. Are they the third force we need to break the duopoly? We have all of that for you today. Also, on the second segment of the program, we'll still look at the Akosombo dam spillage matter. As we speak, uh, a team or teams from CTFM, CTTV um, are on their way into various communities affected by the floods uh, in the lower voter, in, in, in the lower part of the voter region. The discussion about resettlement has not really come up. Is that really the solution, permanently resettling the people? Because as we've heard from the energy minister in parliament, if the situation gets worse next year, the spillage will also will be done again, which means that we cannot afford to compromise the sanctity of the dam. The dam must be protected because the consequences of its breaking will be even dire on the economy and the social uh, impact of it we cannot contain. 
So the spillage, there is no question about it. It has to be done. How must it be done the next time? Shouldn't the people be resettled so that they are placed at higher grounds so that in case of a spillage of this magnitude, they are better off than we have seen? How are the relief efforts going? What is government's job really in this? NADMO, etc. The 20 member or so uh, interministerial committee, what have they been doing? People on the ground say they see very little of their efforts. We will look at all of that on this morning's program. Again, my name is Salomon Dunu. I take a short break, return, introduce my guests, provide some updates, and then we'll get a discussion underway. Once again, you're welcome. This is The Big Issue. You're welcome back to uh, the big issue, two issues on the table today. Uh, the MPP's election over the weekend, uh, they elected Mahmoud Obama. He's not the leader of the party. He has another leader who is his president. So leader of the party and leader of the states, how are they going to work together? What must Nana Kufadu be doing to give more expression to Baumia's leadership as party leader to help him break the eight, which indeed is the objective of the party? Uh, what does this election mean to minority representation in high-level politics in the MPP. Uh, before, we were told, and as it seemed to be so, that the MPP appeared like an Akan party. Now, the topmost job in that party has been given to a Nogna, uh, completing the Dankwa Buzia Dumbo uh, Trinity. What does that mean to the minority groups which support the MPP? Does it mean that now everybody from any part of the country can have a go at the topmost job in the party? Can Baumwa really be the one, or is he really the one to break the eight, given all the things he said in the past about the economy, etc., and where the economy is right now? Does he have the credibility to, to lead uh, the party into a victory for 2024 or in 2024? Many have said that that election will be fought on the economy, living conditions, etc. How is your living condition? And if given the opportunity, would you want a return of John Mahama? or you will want Mahmoud Dubamia to ascend to the presidency, or the movement for change, Alan Chermantin, who has come from the MPP, but is asserting um, his own views and, and, and his own vision right now. Indeed, Bamia says he will be his own man. He has his own vision. That is what he will run with. We'll subject all of that to some analysis. But just to provide you some updates, or before that, we'll look at the Akosombo dance village as well. The question about resettlement of uh, the victim, that hasn't really come up. What is the plan for resettlement? Will resettlement permanently or, or in a lasting fashion resolve uh, the problem we've seen in case there's a spillage next year or sometime soon? Because we cannot afford to see all over again what we are seeing now next year should the conditions, you know, uh, play back. There should really be a solution to this so that the people in those areas that which, who are suffering this with, with no fault of theirs can live a life uh, of dignity. All right. Uh, let me provide you some updates, and then we, we, we get a discussion started. It's over um, a year, or in just over a year, uh, Ghanaians face a critical decision as they determine President Nanado Dankwa Kufuado's successor after his two-term presidency. The major political parties, the NDC and the MPP, along with uh, a presumed third force, Movement for Change, um, have chosen their presidential candidates for the 2024 election. 
all three candidates, John Dramani Mahama, former president, Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya, current vice president, and Alan John Kojo Chermantin, former trades and industry minister, appear poised to battle it out with what political watchers say will be a very complex contest on all fronts. For candidate John Mahama, who garnered 98.9% of his party's presidential primary votes, uh, will be the fourth time, he, this will be the fourth time he will appear on the ballot, having contested in 2012, 2016, and 2020, giving him a head start ahead of his contenders in terms of popularity among voters. Dr. Baumia, who won his internal contest with a 61.47%, however, will be coming into the, his first presidential contest with the incumbency advantage at the same time, the baggage, good or bad, of the government. Mr. Shamantin, who since 2007 uh, has been seeking to lead the MPP until uh, September when he quit the party, having placed third in the party super the leaders' conference, will be hoping to be the third force to break the political dominance of the NDC and MPP. There is more in the following report. For the first time since 2007, the new patriotic party will go into a major election in 2024 led by a presidential candidate not named Akufuado. That mandate of NPP flagbearer has now been handed over to the Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. Dr. Baumia emerged winner of the party's November 4 presidential primary with 61.47% of the votes ahead of closest contender Kennedy Japong. The Asin Central NP came in second with 37.41% ahead of former Agric Minister Dr. Ousefri Akuto and former MP for Mampong, Francis Adainimo, who came in third and fourth place, respectively. This NPP contest was nothing like the party had witnessed since its formation in 1992. The vice president's political career took off when he was chosen to be running mate to President Akufuado and came to prominence during the 2013 election petition. For most political watchers, the 2023 presidential primary race was going to be a street fight between Dr. Baumia and now independent presidential candidate hopeful Alan Chemating, who had been a perennial contestant in the NPP presidential primaries. Then the enigmatic and controversial Asin Central MP Kennedy Japong entered the race. Kennedy Japong, who calls himself a grassroots person, brought his feisty personality to the race and even beat Alan Chemating to second place in the special delegates conference. Accusations and counter-accusations were made. One of the chairmen, he got Toyota Land Cruiser Prado. Some got as high as 150,000. In Central Region, some chairman got Toyota uh, Navara, Nizam Navara, brand new, and it cost 40,000. When you convert it, it's 440,000 Ghana cities. And now, you are going to vote with all these people, and they will come and give you 2,000 cities. They've decided to adopt some new tactics. The new tactics is what? If you miss the ball, don't miss the man. That is the new tactics that they are adopting. And so, what is the tactic? They have decided to spread lies. During the August 26th special election, Kennedy Japon promised Dr. Baumia a showdown in the race to become flag bearer of the new patriotic party. President Akufuwa, member will show down. Vice President, member will show down. So, Mumma chasing me, me agent. I'm not going to set them. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? As November 4 approached, the party took steps to present a united front. All four candidates were made to sign a bond 
to remain in the party regardless of the outcome of the elections. This was intended to prevent another situation like it happened with Alan Chemating, who left the party after the August 26 special congress. We were able to get the four aspirants contesting, namely Honorable Kennedy Japan, His Excellency Dr. Al-Hajj Mohammed Baumia, Dr. Akutuefiye, and Honorable Adenimo, all signing an, an undertaking. And in summary, what they signed to, and I'll read to all of you, one is to accept the primary election results, two, to promote peace and cohesion, three, in the event that they don't win, they will not resign from the party. There was high expectation amongst delegates, polling agents and officials of the party on the day of voting. The exercise across the country in voting centers in all 16 regions was largely uneventful. The Presidential Elections Committee was sure that it had provided an even playing field for all contestants. As a committee, I've ensured that we created an even playing field and a fair ground for the competition. And as we always say, victory should be won in the ring. So we created the environment such that at the end of the day, Whatever rules that we need to set, we set them, and uh, whoever wins would have won comfortably, and all the aspirants will rally behind them. Following the closure of polls at 2 p.m., the party convened at the Accra Sports Stadium for a declaration of results by the Electoral Commission in a charged atmosphere of party supporters. By our computation, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia had 91.47%. Sorry? 61, 61.47%, 61.47%. So, Dr. Mount Baumia is duly elected as your prabera going to 2024. A concession speech from the losing candidates, including candidate upon followed. Earlier on, I placed a telephone conversation with him, and then I considered to him and congratulated him for the marvelous work that he has done to achieve this issue. I'm very confident that having worked with the vice president on all the major institutions of the government for six years, that he will lead us to victory come next year, 2024. I believe the party has been fair and transparent. Yes! That is the only thing I've always been preaching. And I must admit, this is election is fair. And my grassroots have spoken. And therefore, I accept the results in good faith. Then after, there was a ceremony to pass on the torch of leadership to Dr. Baumian. President Akufuado, with the help of party chairman Stephen and Tim, passed on the baton in a short symbolic ceremony. It is my great privilege to hand over the flag of the new patriotic party to you, Mahamadou Baumian. There you are. Then followed the acceptance speech from the new NPP flag bearer. The new patriotic party 
will enter 2024 united and energized. We are ready to make a strong and convincing case for another term in office with a fresh mandate and a new leader. Ladies and gentlemen, the journey towards today has been exciting and at the same time fraught with challenges. I remember the auspicious day on the 14th of August 2008 when through the visionary leadership of candidate Nana Adodankwa Akufuado as he was then and the MPP, I was outdoored onto the uncertain political terrain of our nation. I owe endless gratitude to President Akufuado for his decision in 2008 and his undying confidence in me in the periods 2012, 2016, and 2020. That singular consistent decision has birthed this historic moment we are witnessing tonight. I thank you, Mr. President, for believing in me. The NPP will shift focus to the election of parliamentary candidates for orphan constituencies in December and other constituencies in February 2024. All right, so you saw and heard that uh, wrap of the activities of the MPP over the weekend, producing Mahmoud Bamiya as the candidate. Now my guests are seated around the table. Uh, Inu Safuseni, Honorable Former MP, Former Minister, Former MP for Tamale Central, Haruna Mohammed, Deputy General Secretary of the MPP, uh, Yabwabin Asamoah. You remember that name? Yabwabin Asamoah. Now, advisor to Alan, the Alan Chermantin campaign team of the Movement for Change. I don't know if that position, I don't know if, if, if there's other, there are other things to add to that position, but it's a senior advisor to Alan Kojo Chermantin who is the leader of the movement for change. Uh, also, Franklin Kujo, President of Bani Africa. Franklin, it's been a while. Uh, happy to have you back. Gentlemen, you are welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. Yes, I started with you, Haruna. I mean, last week, um, your party produced Mahmoud Baumia as the uh, flag bearer and our leader of the party. Uh, that ended a long, you know, uh, journey into this particular, I mean, where we are now. Um, what really will be your impression of that race, given all the things that, you know, happened along the line? Alan Chermantin, you know, uh, resigning from the, withdrawing from the race, resigning from the party, uh, Boache Jakun withdrawing from the race, citing some reasons, you know, and all of that we've seen show down eventually, you know, the, 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 the processes concluding last week with the election of Mahmoud Ibaumia. Uh, thank you very much, Salom. Uh, first and foremost, I will say good morning to your cherished viewers out there uh, across the length and breadth of the country and the globe. Uh, and a good morning to my former boss, uh, former director of communication of the New Patriotic Party, former member of parliament for the good people of Adenta. And, uh, and, my, and, now, and now what? Um, <laughs> and my senior brother, um, who I respect so much from the north, 
uh, who is a clear demonstration of politics that um, you leave the sin when the sin needs you. And I respect him for that decision. Yes, the new patriotic party went into a contest um, as a result of um, the gap that has been left over the exit of Akufuadu. We opened up nominations, uh, 10 people picked forms to contest. Um, eventually we had six, uh, it dropped down to four. Um, on the basis of the circumstances that you have narrated, uh, the party moved on to have our elections on the 4th of November. Uh, His Excellency, the Vice President of the Republic of Ghana, uh, Dr. Al-Haj Mahmoud Baumia, won the elections. Uh, long before many had made commentary of the fact that um, there would not be any time that a northerner would be given the opportunity uh, to lead the new patriotic party. Uh, that particular preposition has been taken away. And today I'm very confident that as I work for the new patriotic party and I come from Zabzugu and from the northern region and being a Dagumba by tribe, I would have the opportunity one day to lead this country if, or to lead this party if I have the vision to do so. Any other tribe within our party would have the opportunity to lead this party uh, against all the odds that many has prophesied for the new patriotic party. This was a victory for the new patriotic party. It was not a victory for Dr. Baumia because we have been aligned and been spoken bad about in terms of tribal politics from the NDC. And clearly this was demonstrated by the flag bearer of the NDC that he lived to see that day. And hopefully I want to thank God for giving him that long life to be able to live to see that Dr. Baumia was given that particular opportunity. Um, we are hoping to hear from him uh, going forward whether he would uh, uh, change his mind with respect to what he has put forward. Um, Salom, the MPP has made a very big history. Um, a very big history because you know what happened uh, in the 26th August elections for the special uh, delegates. Uh, all manner of accusations were being raised. Uh, matters has been referred to appropriate quarters of the party. Um, we promised to make sure that elections uh, coming on the, uh, on the 4th of November will be free and fair. The party put on all the mechanisms to make sure that the 277 centers that elections were taking place was free and fair. And this was demonstrated by the close contendant or the second in line, uh, that is Honorable Kennedy Ohini Ajapong. I think that this is the most peaceful, successful election that the MPP has organized uh, over the period. Nothing at all happened in all the 277 centers. Nothing at all happened in the 331 polling booths that were being staged for elections to take place. And I think that uh, we deserve much more commendation. Mm. And we have reiterated the point that the MPP remains the beacon of democracy in Africa. Yeah, and that notwithstanding how the process, the, the, pro, the, the processes lead, or the, the, the issues leading to the processes, 
So, for example, a major pillar of your party resigned. Another major pillar withdrew from the race, all citing the fact that the process has not been fair. And indeed, one of them said the process had been skewed to expect this outcome we have today, to produce Baumia as candidate. And you think that is democratic enough for um, persons, you know, very key in your party to have these views? Salam. process. Salam, we, we are not oblivious of the facts. We responded to all these matters when it came up. Uh, when the matter was made that the elections was skewed, we responded to that. We referred to Article 13, uh, 9 of the party's constitution, where the delegates were predetermined. Mm. These delegates are predetermined. It is not a selection of a particular representation, but it is something that has been predetermined. And if you check the constitution of the party, the last time the constitution was amended was when I was a deputy director of communication under my former boss uh, in Cape Coast. And that was on 17th of December, 2017. And I can remember how Bernard and co, we had to arrange uh, the platform for uh, uh, communication activities to go on. And as at that time, uh, these delegates were determined in the constitution of our party. So it will be very surprising for anybody to say that the election has been skewed to a particular or a category of people or persons. And if you look at a larger electoral college, this was also determined uh, by the constitution of the party. So obviously, um, there is a reason for anybody at all to proffer for losing or expecting to lose election. And we accommodate all these issues and responded to them uh, in a manner that is deserving of a national party as MPP. Mm. So for me, I think that this is a democracy and uh, we can expect to get 100%, but we have demonstrated enough uh, courage and responsibility that behooves on us to be able to carry everybody along. I see, great. Um, let me come to Inusa. Uh, uh, the election process, election processes often are fraught with difficulties and challenges. What is important is the party comes, of it, comes out of it successfully. And from what we saw on Saturday, it appeared quite successful. We've not heard anything to the contrary, even though we know that election days could be very peaceful and successful, but the events afterwards could lead to problems. Um, how is the NDC taking this? In Harunet's comments, he said they are yet to hear from the former president. I said the former president must comment on it. How is the NDC seeing this election of Baumia? I say so because in the past, key actors of your party have sought to say that the MPP, given the nature of party it is, will never you know, allow Baumia coming from the north to lead it because it is an Akan party. Now we've gone past that. How is the NDC viewing this? And, and what uh, impact will the election of Baumia have on your party, given that a major propaganda element or, or arsenal, like a northern leading the MPP, has, has, has been neutralized now? Well, uh, Salom, let me say good morning to you, uh, my good friend, uh, Baumia Samoa. <coughs> Since he left his post as a communication director and a member of the <laughs> Butterfly Party, no, he's now with the movement. The Butterfly Movement. Butterfly Movement. He has not been coming to Ibri. I used to see him a lot on the Ibri Mountains. I think he's been taking busy. He's busy. 
And uh, Mohamed Haruna, fine gentleman. I mean, the first time I met him was in the aircraft, and uh, we had a very uh, 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 what nice discussion. I mean, very enjoyable discussion. And uh, uh, keep it up. Uh, people, humble people like you, don't belong to the MPP. But well, yeah, that's where you, <laughs> that's where you have chosen to be. <coughs> now, Salom, you must understand that <coughs> MPP has always known of this tag, and this tag was not fostered on the MPP. Mm. It, it was the nature of the party. Mm. The party did not create opportunities for people uh, of uh, of northern descent, uh, and so uh, this time round. They made a conscious, deliberate effort to whip everybody into line and, and bypass those who had even served the party in capacities that had established their claim to lead the party. And so this was a conscious, deliberate effort by the uh, Nana Okofado's government to ensure that his vice president takes up the mantle of leadership. I mean, there is no any other explanation to it than to say that this was Project Nana Okofado. Mm. And he himself said it after the election of Baumia. He himself said it. I didn't put the words in his mouth. He said he had gotten Baumia elected as flag bearer. Now it was for him to get him elected as president. He said it. Mm. And you could see clearly, again, that saying that MPP has been an anti-Northern party was not without basis. The whole, the, the person who gave life to what is now called the MPP tradition was S.D. Dumbo. Mm -hmm. S.D. Dumbo was then the minority leader and the head of the, or the leader of the uh, MPP, Northern People's Party. The Northern People's Party was founded not basically on an ideological underpinnings, mm. but because of the British colonial administration's policy towards the North, which deprived the northern part of the country of certain basic essential I mean infrastructure and so people of the north came together and said look yes we want independence but in our condition our independence Ghana's independence will not benefit us in the north mm. and so we want some guarantees and that is why the British government set aside 30 million dollar pounds sterling particular I mean especially for the development of the North. the North. It was not an ideological party. Now, when the Ghana party, which was in parliament, which had only one representative, that is the Buzia, Buzia when they, and the Transtogolan party, and when they came together to form the United Party, the MPP, which had the, which had the largest, I think, 16 or so seats in parliament, okay, was not given the leadership. The MPP being the Northern People's, People's Party. Party. Mm -hmm. Was not given the leadership. SD Dumbo was not made the leader. No, but I thought he, he, uh, he gave it up. No, he didn't give it up. He, had, he didn't give it up. Mm. Buzia, it was prevailed upon to give it to Buzia. Mm. He was was only one. Yes. And the trans voter Togoland guys were quite a number. Number. The but MPP, the, MPP the Northern People's Party. So he had a majority. Yes. So who will prevail upon him? If his people, the, MPP, uh, the Northern People's Party. The alliance that they uh, uh, the alliance or the agreement that they came together to combine and collapse their parties to form the United Party. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now in that meeting. Dumbo was prevailed upon to give up the position. Against a membership of one. One. And that one became the one. leader. And I'm coming. 
Have you ever heard of somebody called Alarji Yakubu Tolona? Mm -hmm. Yes, I've heard of Tolona. Uh, you know that Yacoub he was Tali. very instrumental. Tali, yeah. Yeah, he was very instrumental in the MPP. Mm. He knew that he had expressed an interest in leading the MPP. Mm. You know that? But a lot of people express No, 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 no. Mm. And actually put in the contest mm. or during the time of Victor also. Mm. You know that? Mm -hmm. he, he, was never, he was never voted. Yes, but he, yes, he, he, be, he became the running mate. Yes, he became the running mate. Yes, but I'm saying that leader, I'm not talking about leader. I mean, so... But it's, a, it's, a first, popular, it's a popular vote matter, is it not? Well, I'm telling you, I think, that, I think that we are developing a hypothesis okay. that right, yeah. the MPP had never given anybody of the Northern descent mm -hmm opportunity to lead their party mm -hmm. okay and you remember Ali Umama mm -hmm. you remember Ali Umama Kofo I mean if for nothing at all I have tremendous respect for Kofo tremendous respect for Kofo because you see this was a person who knew exactly what he was about when you look at the administration of Kofo in the eight years yes they, they were serious issues that we as NDC had with Kofo but clearly as a president Kufo knew what he was about. Mm. But when it came to choosing, and Kufo did very well, and up to now, and particularly in the 2016 elections, the campaign of the MPP was largely hinged on the performance of Kufo. Mm. It was largely hinged on the performance of Kufo. Now, but, but and Kufo, the presidency is a team, it's one. So if Kufo did so well in 2000, uh, between 2000 and, and 2008, and his vice president wanted to continue in office with his good works, uh, what prevented the MPP from giving him the opportunity? After all, it is the team of Kufo, Team Kufo, that delivered mm. what was used as campaign for the 2016 elections. But he was, he was denied. I mean, uh, I mean uh, there were a lot of derog derogatory things said about Ali Mama that in, in death, one would not want to bring it up. So clearly, it is precisely because of that that we have always held the view that MPP is intolerant, is not accommodating of people of Northern descent. Hmm. Well, if they have gone out of their way to work tirelessly and exclude people who have contributed to the fortunes of the party over the years, in order to break this jinx that a Northerner cannot lead the party, that is their cup of tea. Mm. But there is evidence, there is basis for our session that MPP doesn't create space. Now, so the election went on. I mean, <clears throat> first of all, we must know that Bombay got 61. I mean, 61 point something percent, four mm -hmm. some, something percent. Mm -hmm. Statistically, 40 percent against Bombay is significant. If 40% of your party people mm. think that you are otherwise not fit to lead them, it's statistically important and significant. And so, uh, Bahumia will have to work on the 40%. But, but in, in 1992, 42% of the people of the MPP felt that Edu Bwahin was not fit enough to lead them, but he led them anyway. In, in Kufo's instance, in 1996, uh, Forty-nine percent of the party thought he was not worthy to lead them. So when you look at the statistics, in terms of, in fact, in, I mean, in terms of first timers, and and Anado's record is even worse, and that wasn't even his first time. This is Balmer's first time appearing on on the on the on the national on the national party's ballot paper, and he made sixty-one. 
Edu Boahin in 1992 made 58 against Kufour, Janis Selby, and a few other people. In 1996, when Kufour won, that wasn't his first time because he had contested in 92. He won with 51%, which meant that 49% didn't want him. And that wasn't his first time. Akufuado against Alan and, and, the, and the 15 others made 47. It had to take Alan Chemantin to, to leave the stage for him to win. But he still went ahead as leader of the party, had the control. So Bahamir 61% is actually unprecedented and it's actually a well, great job. I think, that, I think that you are, you are buttressing the point I'm making. Really? Yes. <laughs> How so? Because you're you on see, the other end. Let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. When Adubuahim got his 58%, mm -hmm. Adubuahim did not win the elections. Okay. When Kufo got his... 51. his 51. He didn't win the elections. Mm. He didn't. When Nana Kofado got the 47 percent, he didn't win. And and Alan made the concession. He didn't win the election. Mm. So you're betraying my so, point. So to win the to win so the election, saying, you need 80 percent or 90 You need you need an overwhelming support. So when Kufo came back the second time to win the flag bearership, what percentage? What percentage did he win? I think he won big. That was when Nanado contested. When Nanado came back the second time to win the to win the primaries, what percentage did he win? I think one close to ninety percent. That's what. I, so you are you are betraying my point. So I, I thought it was in terms of the <laughs> yeah, control. Betres, I, I thought it was in terms of the point. control of the party. You are actually betraying my point. Mm. Only that you didn't see it that way. Mm. <laughs> you didn't see it that way. Mm. So I'm saying that it is statistically statistically important mm. for you to know that to be able to lead a party. A group of people who share a common belief in an ideology, you need an overwhelming support of that group mm. for everybody because it's a voluntary association. Mm. That's what you must understand. Two, you have a, a process that in its first round resulted in a major player of your party withdrawing from the contest. Mm. Major player of the party. And what were, and, and my brother Haruna says, well, <laughs> our party is known for its democratic credentials. I mean, what party? And how democratic is your credentials? If your party members, superdelegates, vote in elections and are required to show the ballot, how they voted to the next, standing, the next person standing behind them. Mm. How, how democratic is that process? But were they required to do so? They, didn't they were required to do they so. Didn't do it. And so when one refused or challenged, she was given a dirty slap. <laughs> the, the gentleman at Northeast. Yes. But that, that wasn't a No, when you challenged. So if it is not required to do so, your party, the party itself, the party itself, the party itself. It wasn't a voter, it was just a coordinator. What I'm saying is that the party itself. Oh, well, oh. What do you mean? Not a voter, so he was not to be No, no, he wasn't to be I'm just correcting him. He wasn't a delegate. He was beaten for protecting. But he could have fought against that. I don't know. I didn't say he was voted. I didn't say he voted. He said because he didn't show him. No, 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 no. So I just no, no, no. I didn't say he voted. Somebody was showing, and then he protested as an agent. Okay. And then his protest was not with that basis. The party guidelines guidelines had indicated and stipulated in black and white that voting was going to be secret, and that if anybody voted and showed his ballot, that ballot should be nullified. He was only drawing attention to the sanctity of the rules. Mm -hmm. And he was beaten. 
They, they dislocated his eye. <laughs> and you say he's democratic. But that matter is before the disciplinary committee. You say he's democratic. This is a party. This is a party that when the voting was taking place at the party headquarters, everywhere everybody will expect that at least there will be a level of decency. It is reported that the chief of staff took office and was dispensing money. Yeah, but that, that, we, we, we can't prove that. Well, I didn't say you should prove that. You said it was reported. I, I, I said it was reported. Yes, and, I didn't and, and say, and say you should, that we didn't, I, we didn't, you didn't report it. Yes, we didn't report it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't report it. I yes. said it was reported. Yes, and, I, and, and I'm happy, we, we, we didn't and have I'm any also proof happy that. that you had the report. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have any proof of that. <laughs> I'm happy that you had the report. <laughs> okay. It was reported. He he's took, a lawyer. He's took it this time. <laughs> he chooses his No, yes, very carefully. He can throw it around. I want to say that we, we had no proof. Yeah. Yeah, just so I didn't have demand of any proof. Yes, yeah, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yes, yeah, okay. you don't need to hustle on this matter. Okay. You didn't report it. City FM did not report okay. it. Then you fire a showdown. <laughs> well, we are being told openly that to secure the election of Baumian in the first round and in the second round, Money played a significant influence. Mm. And you think that your party is democratic. You know what money does in politics? It distorts the, the will of the people. That's what money does. So wherever money plays an influence in ensuring that a person emerges as leader, you cannot say that process is democratic. You cannot. How can, how can, how can you use money to procure elections and turn around and say that we are the most democratic? What is the level playing field that you have created? What about people like that, my good friend, Adainimo, who left parliament so many years ago, who cannot raise that amount of money? He's an engineer. Yes, an engineer, 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 which, and the MPP, tell me which project he has been given. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a matter of Well, oh, but does it have to be a party project or a government project? Government project. Yeah, yes, private project. Yes, so, so he's an engineer. Yes. But I know, I know that I met him before, and I don't think that he has that amount Resource. of money, resources, to be able to. No, but, 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 but part of his job is to raise He believed funding. in the democratic process. Mm. That the process will be fair. And he was disappointed. He was disappointed. He, he had no basis for believing in it. He had no basis at all. <laughs> Especially after the second round, he should have advised, uh, first round, he should have advised himself. Mm. In view of the influence of money in determining the five people who were otherwise qualified to go for the general elections. Mm. So you cannot come here and claim that your party, probably you are talking about another party, but not your party. The party itself said, or, I mean, Key contenders of the election said they gave out 400 cities and 300 cities to delegates to vote. I'm told that your delegates list was 204,414 or 441. I cannot put, but it is 214 over 214. Just so multiply. 203, no, 203,400 and uh, what? Can I mention the exact when, yes, But when you multiply that by 300, you, you get 60 million. And, so and when you multiply that by 400, you get 80 million. million. Yeah. That's the amount of money. On assuming the day, On the day of the election. On the day of the, assuming that no one gave above the floor level, 300, 400. And that is the day of the election. On the day of the election. And you say that your elections was fair, free and fair. But, but the people had you, to be given transportation. Is that not the case? 
if they, if they travel to come and vote. I, am, I have always said that when I hear people talk about transfer, they, they not cringe. Mm. It's a party. My brother Haruna is, a, is an executive of the party. Mm. No parliamentary candidate or presidential candidate has a responsibility to give transportation to anybody. But it's the a party. party. Give 50 cities each, right? No, it's the party. Mm. You have money to give to for transportation. It's a party, and all the officers or persons coming to vote, the delegates, are officials of the party. Mm. So if they are coming to vote, the party has got responsibility, not the candidates, mm. to transport them to the voting center. See if they cannot transport themselves. So who says that we are giving transportation? Who, what, what is transportation in that respect? Mm. Where do you arrogate yourself the duty to provide transportation? Mm. It's the party. It's the party. And so, well, I'm saying that uh, <laughs> on the floor level, 81 million Ghana cities on that day alone. We don't talk about a Navarra pickup. So when I was coming, I saw my brother driving a Navarra pickup. I don't think that he was given one. <laughs> no, that has, that, no, that, that's that's a party official. So the party gave it. It's a party car. It's, it's a, party a party car. car. Kennedy donated it to the party during oh. the Kumo by elections. And so and, and then, then they the gave you one. No, no, but he is using on behalf of the party. Okay. <laughs> he brought it. To I know the party. that. No, I know yes. you're a decent man. You will not. I don't know. He's a propagandist. So be careful. No, you are playing. You are playing. You are decent man. Don't mind. I like the propagandist. So be careful. <laughs> I'm just talking to the facts uh -huh. as they have come to me. Yeah. And uh, now I'm saying that, well. <laughs> like a we, but let me just take you on this one. Uh, before, because you need to conclude. <laughs> mm. you, you talked about how Ali Mahama was created. Incidentally, but there's someone sitting here today who is on the other side, mm. was a key member of the Alan, uh, Ali Mahama campaign. Yes. In that election, you said a lot of nice things about Kufo. Yes. But Kufo did not appear like he was supporting Ali Mahama to make him the establishment candidate we, we, we claim Baumia was. No, we know Baumia is. No, we claim okay. So, so Baumia was in this election, mm -hmm. right? It, all the nice things you said about Kufo, Kufo never did that. In the case of the Tolena tally, he was also not projected as such. So we, in any, if, if anything at all, we need to be praising Anadu for giving the support we say he gave Baumia for Baumia to get here by way of neutralizing that north-south divide. Exactly. So we won't praise him, but we need to understand him. Mm. We need to understand them, him in, in two contests. Only two. Mm. One, that the jinx, he thought he would break the jinx. But that is a secondary matter. Mm. As a political watcher and as an opposition party member, Nana Adodanko Akufado has so mismanaged the economy of this country has put us too much into the dundrums. The key persons, responsible and useful citizens of this country, like Adai, Professor yeah. Adai. Professor Adai. Mm -hmm. Like Dr. Ishmael Yamsen. Mm. Like Nyahu Nyahu Tamakulu. Like their own Ken Kennedy, Atta Kennedy, mm. are talking about the unprecedented levels of corruption and misgovernance. Civil society organizations have bemoaned the conflict of interest mm. that this party, this government, has engaged in, especially the Minister of Finance. Mm. So, Lana Kufado, in a year and a month's time, we'll be leaving this, this scene. 
He needs somebody to protect him. Mm. The only reason, the only reason. Not because he believed. Not in, because in the he believes in Bawea. Not because he. The only reason why Nana Kufado went out of his way to protect to to support Baumia is not because of the competence of Baumia. But he's always believed in the competence of Baumia. He's well, stuck with well, him from well, 2008, well, 2012, 2016. No, 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 no. It was not and about the He's always said that it is not he about was the competence of Baumia. And and he was Baumia had just come from Canada. He was working as a deputy governor of the Bank of Ghana. What did he do at the time that Baumia was being chosen as flag, I mean, running me to Akufado? That was outstanding to such an extent that Nana Akufado would believe that Baumia is confident. No, but he chose it him. was he chose him because he chose him because he wanted to break into the north. Mm. He chose him because he wanted to send a signal that he was going to use professionals. Mm. That Nana uh, uh, was otherwise a professional. And so you are not looking at only a political I mean, person, you are looking at a professional person. So it added to his political credibility. Which, that is, if, which pol all politicians do. I thought, I thought you, were, you, were, you were talking about competence of Bomia and otherwise. And now I was trying to explain to you. Yeah, but, 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 is, is but you are not there to justify why politicians do that. Well, I agree with mm. you. Politi politicians will do that because we are all politicians. Mm. So if I'm going to run for elections uh, at the highest level, I will need to convince Ghanaians that even though I'm a politician, I appreciate the, the serious issues confronting this country. And I will need an, a, a professional mm. okay, to come into who has many economists elsewhere to be able to support me and at least send a signal that it will not be business as usual. Mm. That was the reason, not because of his competence. Mm. We have not occupied, any, he had never even contested an elective position in mm. this country. He had never. I mean, he was otherwise unknown in this country. Okay, and so, 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 how can you talk about confidence? When that person, at the time he was being nominated as random, he didn't even have an MPP card, party card. He didn't even have an MPP party card. That you think that he was so competent that, and, and believed in the ideology of the party that he, he Nana Kufado felt compelled to. No, 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 Nana Kufado was looking at the next election. Mm -hmm. Was looking at how to get elected as president. And, and now that, so to whom much is given, much is required. Good. So right. having plucked him from obscurity mm -hmm. and made him <laughs> made him random meet mm -hmm. and then he's exiting and in view of the mess that has been created in this country, Nana Akufado thinks that he needs somebody to protect him. Very well. And that's why he's thinking that he will do everything, including his, in his power to get him elected, so that he can protect him. I see. But you see, he missed the point. Doing everything in your power requires that as we speak, you do everything in your power to move, remove the people of Ghana from the hardship and poverty. Into prosperity. Into prosperity. That, that's fine. Um, uh, 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 yes. It's, it's, it's interesting to introduce you as the uh, senior advisor to Alan on the Movement for, for Change platform. And uh, you've seen it all. You've been at the Alan, at Alu camp, Alan camp, and still with Alan. Um, Alan left the, the, the party to form his own movement because he felt the processes leading to last Saturday's election were not fair, and so he, he, he left. Now that process has produced an outcome that many have said was fair and transparent, including Kennedy Japan himself, who promised a showdown. 
in his concession speech, he said that the process was fair and the process was transparent, and that was all he was calling for. And so he did not have a problem. That I don't know. I don't know where that places the concerns of 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 your team. But what's your general view on how uh, the MPP conducted itself on Friday and eventually elected the person you knew will be elected because he's been popular, because you thought he had support, etc. Eventually that person has been, has been elected. What's the general view of yourself and your side being the movement for change on this election? Um, thank you uh, for having well, me. Let, let me state that in the next five minutes I'll take a break, so you will come back. But that's yeah. Fine. Okay, then let me let me uh, do my congratulations just taxi, within five just, minutes just, just uh, taxi, because back. I want to congratulate you on your studio. Having been here, oh, you've not been in here. the new house. Since oh, really? Then. Congratulations! Thank you. You've not been here. Yes. Whoa, I, mean, I see. Having been to this house. I see. Before. That's so, quite a while. Great, uh, great. Uh, yeah, we thank you. Uh, there is development. We thank you. Yes, the media is growing, <laughs> uh, and congratulations to. My brother, uh, Haruna. <laughs> yeah, see, he, he's growing very rapidly, <laughs> uh, maturing very rapidly as uh, a Deputy General Secretary. As for my NDC brother, I won't congratulate him. <laughs> he's at his mischievous best this morning, <laughs> flying in different circles, hovering and swooping. <laughs> I like you. I've had some very interesting times within yeah, the Parliament. I've heard, heard, heard some Singaporean experience. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. He's a gentleman. Yeah, he's yeah. a gentleman. Yeah. A very fantastic yeah. guy. And then congratulations to uh, Alaji. Mm. Uh, I didn't say hi to Franklin. Baumia. Oh, Franklin is online. Yes, he's on, he's on, yes. yeah, Franklin is my buddy. He doesn't look for me. Uh, he's, uh, he's going to be a member of the movement for change. So tell him, Franklin, you are, I've already co-opted you, so, so get ready. Now, let me quickly dispel this uh, notion that is gaining traction. Mm. And, and yet, the party leadership doesn't seem uh, to be able to respond to it. Mm. The leader of the party. Mm. The president is not the leader of the new patriotic party. Really? No, he's not. What we know is that if, I mean, if he's elected, he becomes a leader. No. And if he becomes there, president, it is not like that. That is the NDC. Oh, In see. the MPP, the chairman of the party remains leader of the party. Even in government? In government, in opposition, every time the chairman of the party is the leader of the party. The really? president is, is the president. I see. So I'm surprised the party is watching whilst the media is continuing and, and establishing mm -hmm. because it was a major point you started yes, with. Yes, yes, yes. The because leader it's, and it's, it's, what it's, happens, it's, one leader transferring to the other. What he transferred on that day the flag is the flag bearership, mm. not the leadership of the party. So when they go for a meeting, the, the president sits aside. The, the, the chairman who chairs. And in this case, the flag bearer will, will sit aside? Yes. Yes. At best, you may, you may sit in a position of honor. But, but you don't chair the meeting. Wow. It is the chairman of the party who chairs all meetings. So, so there's nothing. And, and it's a tussle that has been going on in the meeting as, uh, in, in that party for as long as I remember. Mm. That, that the, the presidency feels that they are entitled to be leader of the party and that the party has resisted that. Mm. That on their own, they take the, the party into government and, and they remain a party. Even whilst in government. So there's nothing like a, a leader of the party. My brother, please correct it. Mm. Issue a statement. You are in charge, you uh, Deputy General Secretary. So you have the boss. Having said that, mm. and having congratulated them, I, I think 
you yourself have confirmed this morning mm. the choicelessness that went on mm. in that election. There was no genuine choice. Mm. Because you said Nanado helped, facilitated, and, 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 and asked that Alaji be proud of the fact mm. that Nanado helped Baumia mm. to, be, to be the candidate, to win the election, because he had to ensure that uh, a northern candidate mm. replaced him. But, but that was a question. What does that mean? Mm. It simply means mm. that it confirms that that election, right from the beginning, was skewed in favor of Alaji. In, in that skewed fashion, in that, in that skewed, with that skewed comment, let this hold it on there. Let me take the break. I promise. Very well. And then, so I take a break. When I come back, we'll continue on the on the on the skewed on the skewed direction that Bwaden uh, Samoa is, is decided to take us. And this is a big issue on ninety seven point three CTFM. We'll be right back to continue. Don't go in. All right, so welcome back to the big issue. My name is Salom Adunu. My guest uh, this morning, the Honorable Inis Afuseni, former Minister of Main Portfolios, former MP Tamale Central of the NDC, Haruna uh, Mohammed, also known as Prof, uh, Deputy General Secretary of the MPP, Yabwabia Sama, uh, Senior Advisor to Alan Chermantin in the Movement for Change, uh, Franklin Kujo, President of Money Africa. Before we took the break, Yabwabia um, Sama was on the floor and, and he was uh, buttressing his point, the earlier point, his boss made that the election was skewed or the processes were skewed uh, to uh, achieve a certain outcome, that is Baumia. Uh, uh, you may continue. Yes, so, so the import of skewing the election is that there wasn't a genuine choice. Mm. Delegates were not given space, room, to select a person of their choice. And, and it knocks on. When it knocks on, it means that the person that the party has brought may not necessarily reflect the choice of the majority of voters mm. in Ghana. Because what, what was the appeal to? <laughs> the appeal was on three legs mm. within the party. Three legs. One, the NDC says we are an Akan party, so uh, uh, vote for somebody who is not Akan to break the NDC perception of us. Is this what 17 million voters are looking for? Mm. Two. Baumia is the one the NDC fears. He was saying it himself proudly. I'm the one the NDC fears, so vote for me. This is the platform he was driving within to get selected as a flag bearer. Is that was, what? The objective was to win power. Yes, but the point is that I'm, I'm, I'm developing it slowly. Mm. Well, there were three things. Mm -hmm. The third one was that if he comes in, then you rope in the religious community, the Muslim mm -hmm. community, and the Zongo community, which in the perception of the public is not friendly to the MPP. So the benefits of a Bahamian election, apart from the selfishness that Elijah was talking about, about the president wanting him to protect him or otherwise, which he says, I can't comment on that. The benefit of the three things they were telling the delegates, how do those things translate into benefits for the 17 million voters of Ghana? That the NDC says that MPP hasn't brought a Northner before, so give it to me to prove the MDC wrong. That I am the one the NDC fears. That I'll bring Muslims and Zongo communities. So you are saying, yes, you want power. 
Will these decisions bring you power amongst the voters? You know, running the, uh, the primaries and the message you give to delegates is very different from the message you give in a national election. Exactly. So is, this that, message That is where I'm coming to. That okay. is why I am convinced Alan will win this election. Hmm. That is why I am convinced Alan will win this election. Really? Yes, because <clears throat> voters have evolved faster than MPP and DC. Hmm. The general sum of voters, what they are looking for, what they need, is not the messaging that is coming out of the two parties. Yeah, but it's a primary. You yeah, know, this, this is a primary. primary is a reflection. No, but the issues that drive the primaries are very different from the issues that will drive the national election. You don't go into primaries running it on the issues that you hope to run the national election. So, for example, Bahamia was talking about one constituency, one welfare office. You don't go and say that to the national, I mean, the, the country in a national election because I don't need... Um, a, a, a welfare office for the MPP. It, it doesn't concern me. I want to look at some other issues. So the, 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 mm. the issue is when it comes to the national, the message evolves and they come up with the real issues that the larger majority of people are looking at. This was just a, a small election. Okay. Salam, so let mm. me ask you. Mm. It's a small election. Mm -hmm. Religion, mm -hmm. is it confined to the party? No, it's not. But if they feel it's, a, it's an issue, they have to, so they have is to address it. So is it a national issue? to have a Muslim Northerner on the ticket of the MPP. No, but if the NDC, for example, is waiting to say that I told you Baumia will be used and dumped. That, so that, it's a national issue. So that should be addressed at the party level. Exactly. So that NDC doesn't have that to fight the MPP. Yes. So now so, NDC cannot so, use so, that. So, so indirectly, you are confirming that the issues within the primary mm -hmm. border on national issues. Not necessarily. But some, in this case, it was. Yes, some would, but not uh -huh. all of them. Yes. So, so, so mm -hmm. the three issues have isolated. Are all to do with the national election. <laughs> NDCs are, uh, uh, Bahamia is the one NDC fears and all yes. of that. Well, uh, Bahamia I, himself went around saying that I am the one the NDC fears. Mm -hmm. The NDC are not primary voters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are the, yeah, the national the, opponents. The, the delegates need someone who can beat uh, Bahamia. So it's a national issue. It, it's, it's, it's a party issue. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> it is a I, I am issue. compelled to concede it because <laughs> you are my boss on the set. <laughs> but all the three things are designed mm -hmm. to demonstrate that I am the best you candidate you take to the national. Mm. Because the, the internal election doesn't end there. Mm. So the reason you are appealing, it's an electoral college. That electoral college is supposed to select mm. the best and offer choice to the people of Ghana. Mm. What they select is what they are going to present to the people. Mm. So you don't select on minority concerns, issues within the party, and bring it up in a majority situation within the voter uh, population at large. Mm. I'm, I'm making it clear. Mm -hmm. so, so there must be some relevance in selecting a candidate to take to national elections. Mm. So, so if you choose a candidate on sectarian basis within the party, then the likelihood is that you are giving the national people very little choice. Mm. This is what I'm saying. You are giving the people very little choice. So when you come out and you go to the people, of course, you are going to change your message. Mm. What are you going to see? What are you going to see? You I understand? See. <laughs> so, so I'm saying that the process of using delegates in both parties is now getting to the point where voters generally are not being given enough choice.
and, and because of that, voters are evolving beyond those choices. That's why there's a clamor for a third force. Because mm. voters cannot depend anymore on delegates of either of the parties, MPP and DC, to give them who they prefer. Mm. You understand? They are resorting to, like you are saying, matters within the party. Mm. Selfishly concentrating on themselves, their needs, and afterwards assuming that the rest of Ghana will empathize with them. Yeah, but this has, this them. has always been known. But that's the point. Mm. Now the voters have evolved beyond that. But, but if Alan hadn't faced his, these difficulties that he said the thing was skewed to favor one person, he wouldn't have been making this point. He would have still benefited from that so-called sectarian appeal to now blow himself up on the yeah, national But what stage. was Alan's message? Alan's message was national from the beginning. GTP. GTP. Mm. He had a plan for the country. Mm. He promised more jobs. Mm. He promised growth. GTP is not sectarian. But he also talked about how he was going to deal or address party problems. Of that, course. That, that As part of the platform, that's mm. allowable. Mm. That I am going to enable the party to function more effectively in the commercial marketplace. Again, it's a national issue because mm. party funding is big. We were just talking about party funding, 300, 400, yeah. <laughs> transport. It's all about party funding. Yeah. How do you make a political organization, a voluntary organization of like-minded individuals, yeah. effective and functional? It needs resources. Yeah. How do you generate those resources? Should you continue to generate them from within, yeah. amongst people who have access to state wealth in, in opaque circumstances? Yeah. Is that enough? Is that sufficient? Does it drive behavior? that is against the rest of the country in terms of ethics. So you need a leader who has a vision to say that I am, I am aware that the parties need sustenance. And this is the way I am going to ensure that they are better sustained. Transparently, you address the problem and you deal with the problem. Alan is a man of solutions. He addresses the problem and he gives you solutions. And that is what he was about all along. Mm. None of his messages were hidden. All his major messages were national and remain so. You see, the way the Ghanaian voter is evolving, if you're not focused, you lose mm. sight of it. Particularly mm. if you are steeped in MPP and DC mm. and you assume nonchalantly that nothing will change. It is changing faster than we think. Mm. Look, when Rollins was there, people had a take it or leave it situation because we had never had a military person. We had, had already we had already had four coups. We had never had a military person directly change their uniform mm -hmm. to a political suit. Never. Mm -hmm. It was always a situation where they left and we sorted it out. And in 1992, we assumed it to be the same. Mm -hmm. The shocker was when the process had already started. And Rollins put off his khaki and put on political suit. Then then Ghanaians panicked because. The created donkey is still a donkey. So the first two terms of Rollins, we really were in a democracy without, uh, uh, you know, the freedom associated with democracy. You could take Rollins or leave it. Mm -hmm. So two terms he enjoyed and left. It was Kufour and Mills' era that we literally had a liberation in terms of party. Then people were proud to show their party colors. And so there was a focus on the party. And the saying was that it doesn't matter who you bring. Once they are wearing my party color, mm. I'll vote for them. <clears throat> you remember that? 
And like you used to say, you know, they used to say that if you put a muffler mm -hmm. on a goat, yeah. once the muffler is mine, I'll vote for the goat. You know. party popularity <laughs> when people were proud to show off their party mm -hmm. but by 2012-2013 when we went for the epoca uh, presidential petition then people realized that it was about a lot of things that human beings could influence mm -hmm. individually and so on so Ghanaians began to look at their conduct because it was clear that you had to win an election mm. in order to get somebody to come in and exercise power for your benefit. Mm. So, so win it heavily at the polling station. So then people organized themselves. 2016, your mama assumed that it was a done deal. Mm. The party was in charge. He was going for a second term. And he came and developed his famous, I don't know whether it's a bow and arrow. <laughs> He was even bothering to campaign. No, no, he was campaigning. He was just spreading largesse and happily thinking that he had won because his party was in power and the party was due two terms. He was thrown out by a resounding margin. Because people had now begun voting for personalities who they thought could use executive power to take care of them. And that came into being. By 2020, that feeling has been reinforced. You are aware of the terminology skirt and blouse. Mm -hmm. It is gaining popularity. Now, voters are able to go to the poll, uh, 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 put Selom on, in one election, and the same voter puts Haruna in the other election. There are two separate elections, mm -hmm. parliamentary and presidential. presidential. You know, how, how does skirt and blouse happen? Because voters are beginning to think that the personality in whom you vest trust matters beyond the party. Mm. This is the era of internalized benefits. The voter is moving faster than us. That's why so, we need a leader, not a party. Thank you. <laughs> thank I, 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 you. I was waiting for you to say that. I was waiting for you to say that. So, so you have a situation. Don't cut me off. Oh. No, no, I'm just about cutting you off. So, so have, time is up. Yes, I'm just about cutting you off. But Franklin is doing a sideline. So, we have a situation where in 2020, Central Region, 10 seats. MDC MPs win and Nanado wins. Mm. In fact, it's those 10 seats that confused your mama into thinking he had won. Mm. No, 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 no. The more seats. No, 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 no. Shut up. Mm. No, the no, more no, seats you no, win. No, no, no. I don't have time. No, I don't have time. No, They're going to cut me. Don't make statements because I'm busy leaving there. So you have a situation now where voters are looking for personalities of integrity, of outstanding record, who can use executive power. Mm. in the interest of the voter, irrespective of the party. Mm. They've had enough of party-made leadership. Leaders who are built up on the basis of the party. Leaders who are presented by the party. And they assume that because the party is bringing you, you have won. No, there is a large chunk of voters who are looking for a genuine leader as a person. And that is the third force clamor. Mm. And that is what is bringing Alain Chiamatin to power. Mm. Because, because 
if you put your Martin's face on the ballot paper mm. and you have your mama, mm. eh, who can't do anything beyond what we've seen him do before? Mm. He can't do anything beyond that. Mm. And you have Dr. Baumia Alaji, mm. Dr. Mahamudu Baumia, who has been on a ticket with Nana and mm. is totally part of the current situation. Mm. And you have APC, mm. Ayariga, who is likely to be his presidential candidate. You have Kofi Palu. Mm. You have all the others that the other parties are likely to bring out. Alan will stand out. Mm. Alan will be a standout. Notwithstanding the fact that he's also been part of the MPP era, the MPP because we system will demonstrate that his performance so he's part of the problem we have today. is what will solve our biggest problem. Very well. Debt. Very well. You want me to land on that? Yeah, they, well, I'll come back to you. Oh, let, let me, let, you let don't me want me to, to deal with debt? No, wait, debt. <laughs> okay, no, I'll, I'll come to debt. I'll come to debt. Franklin, welcome to the program. We, we, we miss you. But yes, whilst you are away, I don't know when you, when, when you came back, the MPP elected a flag bearer, uh, Baumia, a person that the civil society groups and, and a lot of you, you guys um, in civil society had liked in 2016 and prior to that. He is now the man you, we all have to deal with and we all have to focus on, put the microscope on him and see really what on his own uh, he's, he's, he's made up of. Now, one of the key points is that his election breaks a certain jinx, the, the, the fact that a minority group can lead the MPP. How significant is this from the thinking of civil society that now you don't have persons coming from the mainstream, Ashanti, Eastern, etc., but you have people coming from the minority group, maybe the North, it could have been Volta, it could have been anywhere, now leading the MPP. How significant is that? No, you want to unmute yourself, frankly. No, we, we, still, we still cannot hear you. Um, uh, uh, if, um, I, I don't know, I'm sure that there are some technical issues. Uh, okay, so, so can you unmute yourself again, frankly? All right. Very well, I think we can hear you now, yes. Um, is this better? Yes, yes, we can hear you now. Thank you. All right, well, I, I said I was greeting everybody in the studio, my mm -hmm. good friends, and uh, good to see you, Salom. Aren't we in interesting times? I think that the the, the election of Mahmoud Baumia, obviously, um, is history to be told. Um, but, but I think the question you asked, if you are predicating it on the question of he being a minority and the fact that there's a not and so maybe he's broken the chains. Um, however, that may be strategic electorally. I'm sure that Ghanaians are thinking beyond the issue of just a sectarian representation. And in this case, the candidate of Baumia. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Yes. All right. So it looks to me that these are politics of yesteryears, uh, even though I admit that clearly um, having been nominated and uh, presented and elected as a flag bearer of the MPP, uh, the people of the Northern Extraction will be happy. Uh, well, it is natural that they should be. But I think that if the MPP re relies on that and decides that maybe that becomes an electoral advantage, and forget about the larger issues of the economy or governance, and they may be in for a shock. Um, I think it is important that we do not necessarily dwell on sectarian, that's what I call sectarian politics. I can admit that these things play a role globally as well. I mean, even in the States, people talk about um, blue states and red states and what have you. 
Um, but I think it is important that we move away from this narrative because already it's, it's, it's driving a certain trend which I'm not necessarily in favor of. I mean, there are these religious undertones and sectarian undertones which are not good for the country. I think that even Bami, I'm not sure Bamiya himself is so much interested or vested in the issue of his northern extraction, rather than trying to present himself as the candidate who may be undoing uh, the challenges of the economy, in fact, the rather difficulties of the economy that he's been part of. I think he's maybe rather focused on doing that larger mandate, as in undertaking that larger role of trying to change the economy from the ones that he himself has been part of. Uh, to the to the likeness or to this to the happiness of Ghanaians, so that everybody could could flourish. How he's going to do that is what we need to interrogate and get on with. I suspect that will be the same for other party candidates like Mahama and uh, my good friend's uh, candidate Alan. Right. Um, so these are important matters that ought to be discussed. I, I'm not too sure we should be allowing the narrative, we should be driving that particular narrative even in, within the media circles. Because frankly, um, it's just like poverty. We, if we try to compartmentalize poverty, we may be doing ourselves harm because people could be poor. People, people, what, what people, um, what determines poverty are actually the issues of uh, lack and want. So I'm not too sure we want to compartmentalize sectarian politics and then present that as a panacea for economic development. I don't. I think if we did that, we'll be, we'll be doing ourselves in. As we speak right now, there are close to a million people that have been pushed into poverty, hardcore poverty. And I think that those matters that are, are crucial to every political matter, and indeed I suspect Bahamia himself. So I would be very, really, really, really pleased with the media that whenever we have opportunity to discuss this, have these conversations, we move away from sectarian policy. But those things don't define our going to the IMF. Those things don't define our coming out of the doldrums of the debt iceberg that we have right now. And those things will not define for the next four or five years how we unshackle ourselves from these rather, you know, burdensome economic uh, uh, system that we have partly imposed on ourselves. So. I, uh, sorry, but I, I'm not taking on this subject of, uh, it may play a role, I understand. I mean, people should still play that type of politics. But I think that those people who may think that, well, simply because the candidate comes from my area, uh, then I should align with the candidate. Uh, frankly speaking, quite stupid. If, they, if that's the way they're going to think, think really. But I think the most important thing would be the competence of the person the ability of the person to change my narrative. And you just, maybe we should talk about the North Rain. Have been, there have been a legion of um, economic development actors, not NGOs and even government agents that have decided or that have, that actually promised to turn the Northern area into basically, you know, Nirvana. But it's never happened, right? I'm sure my good friend Inusa Hussaini would, uh, would speak to that as well. Um, there have been many, many projects that have been heralded for the North, all kinds of projects, right? National, and I can tell you that uh, pound for pound, there have been more NGOs in the northern part of Ghana than anywhere else in the country. But as you speak, the, if you are counting some of the hardcore poverty areas, you find them in the northern extraction. 
Forget about the political decision to divide the whole north into northeast, northwest, north south, northwest, northwest, north savannah. Those things don't really matter. The fact of the matter is that that whole northern region should have been really one of the, um, should I say, probably be feeding the whole country and the whole of West Africa by now. But what do we see? Compartmentalized politics, which I call um, basically very myopic political uh, programs and projects that never really deliver anything, really. So I think that people in the North should be interested in what those promises under Muhammad, sorry, under Muhammad, yes, again under Muhammad, and even under Balmia have delivered for them, pound for pound. Have their lives been better off? Would their lives be better off in the next three, four, five years of a Balmia presidency, of a John Muhammad presidency? These are the things that I suspect my northern brothers, my friends, please take these messages to your people. Forget about this extraction, where you come from. But those things don't define any serious country, as you speak. That's no, frankly, it may not define the country, but it's not reality, the identi identity or identification politics. I mean, it, it's important. For example, in this our system, and I'll come to you on the duopoly, people think that the NDC and MPP are like twins. I mean, there's nothing different apart from their personalities that lead them. So if on the one hand is the NDC that I think is, that I may think is the same as the MPP or the other side is the MPP that I may think is the same as the NDC and somebody is come is my kinsman and if for nothing at all the situation remains the same I go with the pride that I have somebody from my side also going to the office of the president and if for in it for nothing at all he may look at my side quite favorably you know that is some kind of consideration for identity Politics, and that is the reason why I think his election becomes important. And also, it deprives the other side of a major propaganda tool about the party being an account party. Now, that tool cannot really be used because it has been dealt a death blow. That is, and it's a game of numbers. Irrespective of the competence well, of the person and all of that, everybody votes. The big man has one vote as the, the man, the least man on the ladder. And it's the same vote. So it's, it's, it's well, a game of numbers. Well, I'm making an advocacy argument, really, in spite okay. of the mm -hmm. examples we draw. Mm -hmm. And I understand what you mean. Are we suggesting that as Nanado being an Achim has made Achim much more nicer, brighter than every part mm -hmm. of the country? Is that what we are trying to suggest? Mm -hmm. Are we suggesting that when John Mama was president, he made his way comes from or the whole of northern region much brighter, better than we have it today? And are we suggesting that when Baumia was vice president, he took so many projects to the north. His IPEP project was awashed with so many toilets and so many uh, important infrastructure in the north than any part of the country. Is that the type of narrative we want to present? That assuming the president becomes, uh, I mean, Baumia becomes president, then the northerners will be so happy that apart from uh, identifying as a northerner, then their problems will end. And how those problems will end should not be defined by the economic policies hmm. or the developmental policies. For, so for me, I'm making an advocacy argument rather than the, what you may call reality is what I'm saying. It drives underdevelopment, hmm. drives myopia, drives uncivilized culture in politics. And I think that's what we want to move away from. And I'm looking to see how many of these promises would have to be. You know, we talked about quantification of progress. Maybe we should now move on to add another element of the promises being able to be uh, fulfilled simply because of the person's origin. Mm. 
that's a race to the bottom, really. So I'm only urging uh, an upliftment of uh, an upliftment of the conversation. Yes, people from the northern extraction will be happy today. Maybe they may even be divided. I saw a, I saw a headline, I think it was a Ghanaian Times, that quite, um, sorry, unintellectually suggested a battle for the north. Mm -hmm. And I felt very insulted because I said, so what the, what do the rest of the country, uh, what, what is expected of the rest of the country? That the only nodness to decide how the country gets developed for the next foreseeable future. I don't think that's what nodness actually were thinking or even wants. And I, I'll be remiss if that is what they want. I doubt that, really. Mm. So let's not dwell on some of these narratives. Very well. Friend, mm. In those parts of the world that these narratives are even used, uh, it doesn't necessarily make a major dent. You think, uh, yeah, I mean, so let's let's move away. Yeah, I, I get understand. that. Very well. The, the, let's look at the issue of the duopoly. Now we have movement for change in the mix. We've not tested them, but they, but when you listen to what and how Babia Samoa speaks, you, you, you think Alan is... Is at the presidency already, but you know what? What, what can they do? Um, the NDC MPP. A lot of people appear to have had enough of them. Is Alan Chimantin the guy to break that duopoly? Does he have what it takes? Is is his message on the ground reverberating with the sentiments that uh, with the sentiments of the people? Is he the guy to do that? Is he is he sending the right message? Is he striking the right chord? Let's 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 for once let's not. Um forget the fact that Melanchiamantin is still a force within the Ghanaian body politic and uh, together with his men and women, I'm sure he'd, he'd appeal to quite a significant amount of people. I put him clearly at probably a one percentage or 1.5 percentage points right now. If he's able to move the needle a little bit to 2%, which is an uphill task, he's going to flip the election, really. And, and so let's not discount that at all. Having said that, though, I think Alan will still have to come to the table with the things that he's likely to do quite well. I've heard his GDP policy, and uh, quite frankly, I must be truthful. Um, there's nothing particularly new, except, of course, I would think that Alan may want to do this with pragmatism, honesty, and meritocracy as part of his watchwords. Because quite, quite frankly, most of the things that the politicians are going to tell us in this election are not going to be new anyway. I think the real test for me will be the Singaporean example of what a true leader really is. Does he believe in meritocracy? Does he believe in honesty in public office? Does he believe in pragmatism? Pragmatism doesn't count, doesn't include where you come from. You know, he doesn't, doesn't include that at all. Pragmatism only means that how are you able to change course immediately? How, you, how, how do you actually build a vision for a country that even when there are headwinds, you can actually navigate and do not come and tell people that, well, the problems that uh, move the way all the way from wherever they originated that come and affect only the country. You know, those are the permutations, his body language, the things he says. Uh, we need to watch all of those. He stands tall, I must admit. But you see, again, these are not the things people eat. Um, People would be interested in how he's able to again uh, build on this election uh, education. He talks about that industrialization, which is a very interesting uh, phenomenon for me. And I think we've not broken this industrialization since the 60s. Yeah. Now, forget about the import substitution nonsense, really. Those things don't really, really, really work. They've never really worked, simply because of, again, 
the lack of meritocracy and pragmatism in our politics, in fact, honesty in our public office. So for me, um, I like to see synthesization drive explained a bit more. And I think next Tuesday we have a chance to discuss all of this when we meet with him at Movement mm -hmm. Week. I'm talking about so, so, so Alan is meeting you guys, civil society organizations, next Tuesday. Yes. I yes, see. All right, that, that'd be nice. Thanks, uh, Franklin. Haruna, um, I know you have things to respond to quickly. I thought I asked you to ask Franklin to, to join. So, Franklin, so that's an open invitation I to asked, you. Uh, but I think you have an opportunity to do that better <laughs> when he meets you on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Haruna, I think you have um, a few things to respond them. to. But I want you to quickly do that and then we, we go in. So, Franklin makes a good point. I mean, all, all, all the panelists about the, the nodding thing not being too necessary, even though it may be an issue on the ground. What matters is what the person brings to the table. Uh, how the person hopes to transform the economy, the bread and butter issues, changing the living standards or li improving the living conditions of people. Balmain has been the guy projected to be the one to hold the magic one to do all of that, the economy. We've not seen a lot of that. You guys blame that on global factors. We'll deal with that. So address those issues for me that you want to quickly respond to, and then we'll delve into what Balmain really brings <clears throat> to the table in terms of how he hopes to redeem this economy. Okay, thank you very much, Salom. Um, first and foremost, I, I want to state that um, the election of Dr. Baumia was not a project of Nana Adedankwe Kufuadu. Mm. And I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to state clearly that the MPP never sponsored a candidate in the election mm. as a party. We supervised an election of the presidential candidature and um, there were some statistics about uh, the number of percentage that you have to get before you would become uh, president mm -hmm. and my senior brother did mention about the, the 61 percent of Dr. Baumia. Mm -hmm. In fact uh, if mathematically if you want to do with ranges uh, you would realize that 61 to 65 or 60 or 50 if you are putting in ranges mm. you see that 65 and 60 all are in one range mm. and when president Kufo was going to win 2000 elections he got 64.60 percent mm. and that still falls within the range of which president uh, 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 his excellency Vice President Mahmoud Baumia got. Mm. And I think that this is a fact that we would have to look out for. And this does not debar him from winning the elections. Mm. He has an overwhelming, just as Kufour had in his second bid in 1998. Third bid, yes. Yes, flag bearership. Mm. That's where he got. And let me also state here, clear. Uh, when it comes to contests, his talk about Dombo had mm. to be prevailed upon. And I think that he was a man on himself. Mm. He decided, holding the majority of the seas, decided on his own. And I think that the likes of Tolena and co were all on the table. And this was a decision that was made to support a united party. Mm. And that is how this particular percentage had gone. Um, I fell very aback when he talked about... Uh, Ali Mahama was denied. I think that uh, maybe he's forgotten that 
He's talking about the MPP. It's a liberal conservative party. They are a socialist party. We believe in competition. They believe in selection. So if it was the NDC, they would have selected him, just as they did to John Mahama at the demise of Professor Mills. We go in for competition. Mm. So there was no need to say that Aliu was denied. Aliu was not elected. Mm. But, per, but of course, we, we, we know that. Per, yes. if, if the so, circumstances leading to that election are such that the person cannot express himself, doesn't have the level playing field is not there, that, that, that is an issue, isn't it? That is an issue that we have to look at separately. Mm. Uh, if, that, if we are given that platform to look at. Mm. But there was competition. Mm. Aliu was given a platform. And sorry, he couldn't make it. I was on the side of Aliu at mm. that particular point in time. But he could not get it. And this is a democracy. And it is very clear that the MPP has always uh, demonstrated that. Um, I've heard about that the Saturday elections was a choiceless election. It mm. is not true. Um, His Excellency Dr. Mahmoud Baumia was the choice of the people. Overwhelming majority of 61.47% chose Dr. Baumia. Mm. We all know the vision of Dr. Baumia. And my uh, former boss here had espoused that on several platforms. He has led us and we have spoken a lot about the credentials of Dr. Baumia. We all know his competence level. We all know that he's somebody that is very innovative. We know that he's uh, an intelligent person. But not against the candidate. That, 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 that is why we say both uh, uh, Alan Termantin and Dr. Baumia were not to insist in Akufuado's government. Mm. They were to assist in Akufuado's government. Mm. So if you are to match them, by the instance of their assistance, you would miss that point. And that is where I like where Franklin said that the people of the North should be interested in the governance of Dr. Baumia mm. to the impact of the people of the North and the governance of Mahama to the people of the North. That is what we should be interested in. Mm. And I think that uh, in the campaign, I have not heard Dr. Baumia publicly say, vote for me because I come from the North. Mm. Vote for me because I'm a Muslim. Vote for me for that. He always expounds and says what he would do. And that is why you enumerated that in the elections has different strength mm. for him to speak to the delegates and for him to speak to the people of Ghana. So this is subdivided. Mm. And he has never, never made any statement anywhere, mm. vote for me because I come from the North. Well, so but it, is, it also dispels that notion that the former president Mahama had said that he lived to see a day that Dr. Baumia would not be used and damned. Mm. So for us to make this statement is not to justify why Dr. Baumia should be voted, but to tell the people out there that the notion that has been held, the long-term notion that has been held, has been dispelled well. by the delegates of the mm. party. So now deal with me on and living conditions. In terms of uh, living conditions, or performance as ranked by uh, these particular candidates. We have all seen what the MPP has done from 2017 to the time that we had global crisis. Mm. We have changed so many things that has worked against us. Even at the time that we did not have light on, we had to make several adjustments to be able to make sure that businesses thrive, businesses that had operated at 30, 20, 10% 
has been moved to operate between the ranges of 90, 170 percentage because of the absence of electricity. Uh, you look at job creation. Uh, we vigorously made sure that policies, deliberate policies, were tailored to be able to support the employment opportunities. Mm. Go to the local government sector, go to the health sector, go to security sector, go to agriculture, go to industry. What has been done by the new patriotic party government? And at the event of a global crisis, what was the approach of the new patriotic party's government to the instance of what was happening, as compared to other countries, how this was being managed. This was a clear demonstration that the MPP at a very difficult time has the resilience to be able to take the people along. And this is why you have seen the immediate pickup of the economy, mm. where we had gone to at the stage that every nation across the globe was running into negatives. We had came to stood at zero, 0 0.9. At this particular stage, our economy is growing, inflation is going down, many more jobs are being created, even though we have not been able to solve the job situation in the country. But we have demonstrated courage so that at least we would be able to do more if we are given more opportunity. Mm. And that is why in the victory speech of His Excellency the Vice President, he said a good number of things and said that he's a man on his own, mm. that he would take his own decisions on his own. And that is something that we must be looking at. And I've said it here, Vice President, Mah uh, Vice President Mahama, what was what he did as Vice President? What did Dr. Baumia did to assist? Because he was not chosen as Vice President to insist. But, but does he so, feel the pressure that he'll be attached or he's been attached to the performance of the President? Because to say so could be some tacit um, uh, admission that people attach you to the performance of the President and that you want to assert your own independence and and lay out your own vision. Salam, why will, why will he run away from it? Mm. He, has, he has demonstrated that what he has been able to proffer in the assistance of His Excellency, the President, what did he do to assist in the achievement? Talk about digitalization. He had clearly demonstrated that he brought up or he championed that aspect to digitalize been, the economy. What has been the effect or impact of the digitalization of the general economy? We have been able to take away several things in terms of the, the, the involvement of human beings in the... Uh, uh, what has been the, out, the, 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 report, the, the impact, the result of that on, on, on the economy? The, ma the major result that you see, the NDC gets a platform. They tell you that we have gotten more money than any mm. other person. We have wrecked in more revenue. For, to what end? I mean, what, what has, I don't see what has it been used for, but what transformative thing have we seen as a result of you raking in more money? Look at what the digitalization that he did at the ports. Mm. Look at the usage of the, uh, the introduction and, and, and generalizing the use of the Ghana card. Mm. People who have gone, like you take, a bank, you take a loan from Barclays or APSA Bank, then you, you go at the same time to go and take a loan at CBG. In these particular instances, they would be able to know that you are taking this loan to go and pay this particular one. So it's just a transfer of cash, but not redeeming your loan facility. So the instance of digitalization has assisted to eliminate a good number of things that would have uh, given people platform to perpetrate fraud. Mm. And this is a very clear demonstration. You look at the introduction 
of this drone system. This is a very good policy that His Excellency the Vice President, in his bid to assist His Excellency the President, brought up this particular very clear initiative to be able to assist His Excellency the President. And you can talk about the achievement of this particular drone facility that is assisting in health delivery in our country. Look at how he championed the delivery of this uh, 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 one constituency, one ambulance system. At the time, what was the range? But is that, was that, is that a major government policy? Is the one but he was the one that was leading that. That is why Franklin mm -hmm. had said that. Is it that he has used the PEP project? You know that it was under the office of the vice president. Mm -hmm. And this was being implemented through his direction. So he has contributed enough and demonstrated knowledge in terms of how the economy should be run. Mm -hmm. And today, we can all say confidently that the economy of our country, even though where we want to be is not what where we are but we have been able to move away looking at our contemporaries other countries other nations where we were all left in terms of the devastating nature of COVID at least we have been able to move somewhere MPP is not saying we have brought heaven to the people of Ghana but we are telling the people of Ghana that we will be in the position to stand with them we will be in the position to change and to tell them that the alternative that we're talking about is very scary and does not have have any alternative solution to where we are. Mm. We all we accept the fact the that... the 24-hour economy, which is a major policy proposition you are by, give, by the NDC. Please multiply and, and, and 24... Is, 20, how many How many 24 hours is, is in a year? Mm. You get it? How many... If you have yes, run so, three shifts, it will solve problems of unemployment. That, the person telling you, the person telling you was given the instance to insist he had the opportunity to use that 24 hours but he told you in his own book, My First Coup d'etat, that as a young man riding bicycle down the rain, could not take a decision on his own. <laughs> and as no, a result of that, no, but, but as a result of that, as a result of that, when he got the position to insist, appointed three wise men mm. to advise him. And at the end of the day, he chose one person from uh, a particular side to choose who get access to him even denying the opportunity of one of the three wise men. That forces the current speaker to voice out. So he, <laughs> he himself, that is telling us that he's going to employ 24 hours, was given millions of hours for four good years, free of charge, to <laughs> insist and he has not been able to do. No, so he has demonstrated lack come, of courage. No, ideas come every time. I could have an idea in the fourth year of my four-year term. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean, it just means that the idea just came, given the circumstances of the time. So unemployment is so high to the extent that we have to think outside the box. The economy is so bad that we need to think outside the box. So 24 hours is no more, I mean, eight, the eight-hour shift is no more enough. And so he is saying that he wants to run a three-shift system so that we have maybe eight to uh, uh, one, maybe one to, I mean, there's a way they've segmented it. So that around the clock, you have people working every time. This means that you could employ twice as much as those working. Is it, is and, it, and the output to be greater. That's what he's saying. Is it, uh, the man is so desperate to get to power. Mm. He will do everything to get the but mindset of the people. he said this in 2020, just that he didn't gain a lot of grounds. Is he? Is it, this is a man that Ghanaians cannot trust. Mm. He has been given that opportunity. He's not been able to do that. Mm. If Akufuado is telling you this, you'll be asking these questions. Mm. He has been given the opportunity. He's the first person 
as a sitting president to lose and come back and lose again. <laughs> Do you get the point? Mm. So Ghanaians are very, are very much aware of him. They know his traits. And remember, as he's blazing his boost to come, he told us one time that he's going to stop promising. And this time, he has started promising. And he said one time that they will promise uh, and get the power. And he said that Ghanaians have short memory. And that has been a very shocking <laughs> really instance to the people. <laughs> so, after the alternative, it is not it's there. It's scary. It's very, very scary. So, the MPP offers the opportunity. Mm. So, if I, I want to go the line of Franklin, if I want to go on the line of Franklin, let's compare Dr. Baumia and compare that of Vice President Baumia and compare that of the Vice President Mahama. Let's compare. Let's send it to the North and see what has changed in the living conditions of the people of the North. I see. As Vice President Mahama, what was his impact? Mm. And that was, if you take 2009 to 2012. Mm. And at some point in time, in July 2012, when we lost President Mills, he became the president. Mm. <laughs> Do you get the point? Count what was the impact as Vice President. His own people were looking for a region. As vice president, he could not, in his assistance, to be able to offer that platform. Mm. In vice president Baumia, his people were looking for a region. And you know that a region gives the platform for more development opportunities, more budget, more allocations to be done. At that instance, as vice president, three regions, uh, regions were created from the north. But has that really and seen it? Like, yes, like it has. Saying, it has. It hasn't really brought in. It, it, it has brought. It has brought because an improvement. It has brought because go to the northeast region. You would see that we have the regional coordinating council, mm. which wouldn't have been there. So which is now a lot of yes, the, a lot the, of more people. people have been recruited mm. and employed into that sector mm. in the local government Very sector, well. and that was where we had to go for policy credibility mm. at the IMF. Mm. That has to hinge on the fact that any graduate that has graduated from school cannot get access to job mm. because we lost credibility. Mm. So, in the instance of creating the regions, you give the opportunity to recruit a plumber, you give the opportunity to recruit a local government expert you give the so infrastructure is being built from left right center well. many other people including the value chain has mm. been given access well. then you look at the introduction of the the drone system mm. vopsy has one the building of school infrastructure look at their impact the people of the north will tell you that we have physical projects when it comes to the existence of a vice president baumia and when it comes to the existence of vice president mahama i see very well. Thanks. So now, okay, I, I get it. The, the, so we, we need to interrogate the vice presidential record as well. Let me take a short break. I'll return and, and hear, hear from uh, my, my other guest. And, and also, we'll look at what the two, the two persons, uh, Baumia and Nanado, have to be doing. Nanado officially is now a lame duck president. Baumia, what must he be doing? What will be on his to-do list? Uniting the party? And how should Nanado's conduct in power be? You know, uh, should he allow Vice President Mahama, Vice President Baumia, more, you know, uh, power in government? If he wants to take a decision, Baumia doesn't agree because Baumia is looking at his own election in 2024. How should that be? I, I, will, I, will, I will let my analysts deal with that. This is the big issue. We'll be right back. <laughs> you welcome back to the big issue. Uh, we are live on 97.3 CTFM, also on 
CCTV and other socials. Uh, we're looking at the Baumia election, what it means for election 2024, vis-a-vis -vis Mahama and uh, Alan Chermantin and all the other factors. All right, uh, so um, uh, I'm, I'm coming to you now, um, uh, Honorable Yunus Afuseni. He's been elected on his to-do list. I mean, he, I think he has to uh, uh, maybe build bridges, the Kennedy supporters, even the Alan supporters. You know, how, what approach should you use? We saw in 2007 how Nanado did it, giving all of them, all the guys who contested him, uh, portfolio. So Alan, for example, was in charge of identifiable groups. Others were in charge of the economy. Others were in charge of many things. How, which, what should his approach be? Should he disengage from mainstream government work and focus on, on the work of becoming president, even though he's vice president? How should it be? How should he treat promises that he has made or his government has made? They've been unable to, to, to deliver. And also, the lame darkness of the president. How should his decision making be? Especially in view of the fact that he wants to help him break the eight or he wants to, as it were, make Baumia the president. If he takes a decision, Baumia says, no, I don't think this will inure to my benefit as flag bearer. Should he change it? How should it be? Can he put all of this together for me as you respond to? Uh, well, I, I think that to respond to you first before I come to deal with Harun's issues mm. and the matters he has raised. <clears throat> The Nana Kofado I know and have experienced <clears throat> will not share his presidency with Baumia for the remaining term of office. Mm. So if, if it is Baumia's wish or the MPP's wish that Nana Kofado become a lame president, I think that they have to look for it somewhere. I don't think that that will happen. Mm. Now, <clears throat> Haruna has invited me to consider the the performance of Vice President Job Dramani Mahamang against the performance of Vice President Mahmoud Baumia. Mm. <clears throat> I'm just going to give him some two or three things that Vice President Mahamang did that clearly Baumia has not been able to do. <clears throat> the total debt of Ghana, then Vice President Mahamang as chairman of the economic management team, was 35.1 billion. Mm. That was a total debt. <clears throat> the debt to GDP and the Vice President Mahama being the chairman of the economic management team was 48.4%. Now today everybody knows the debt to GDP as Baumia as chairman of the economic management team. The, as chairman of the economic management team, Vice President Muhammad recorded the highest growth in Ghana's history, 14.4%, 14.4%. As Vice President of the economic management team, Muhammad recorded the longest, as a chairman, chairman of the economic management team, Muhammad recorded the longest single digit inflation in this country, 33 months. As Vice President Mahama, as a chairman of the Vice, I mean the economic management team, the CD to the dollar was two CDs. Two CDs to the dollar. Two CDs. And Mahama was the chairman of the economic management team. The total revenue, including Borrowed money 
to Ghana when Vice President Mahama was the chairman of the economic management team was 70 billion. And that manifested in all the development projects, including the schools and the trees that were removed, the secondary schools that were built, the, the, uh, the rules that were done as Vice President Mahama. I agree entirely with Haruna. This election 2024 is going to be about trust. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, it's trust. So who can you trust? Do you trust a vice president who goes to stand at Agbogloshi and promises toilets and bathrooms and delivers no toilet or bathroom? Do you, do you trust that person? Do you trust a vice president who stands on the national platform and says that, oh, because of the disparity between Zungo communities and mainstream communities, we are going to build model schools in all the Zungo communities and ensure that they have a decent place to send their children and nothing happens of that nature. Do you trust that vice president? Mm -hmm. Do you trust a vice president who has a, 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 a running mate to a president propounds an economic theory to the effect that where the fundamentals of your economy are weak, no matter the level of propaganda you engage in, your exchange rate will expose you. And when he is in government and he's confronted with the same issue, he tries dishonestly to explain it away. Do you trust that vice president? Do you trust a vice president who has told you that, look, the guinea fowls that were being read flew to Burkina Faso. And that when we come back, the, when we come into power, all the difficulties and problems in the North will be solved because I am one of your Northern brothers. And we are told that we shouldn't, we shouldn't bring ethnicity. And I agree with entirely, because there are so many issues in these elections than Vice President Baumia. But it is Vice President Baumia who brings ethnicity. You remember in 2020, Vice President Baumia stood in the Upper East region and asked the people of Upper East region that Mama had come again for their votes. That when he was given position as president of this country, he should tell, Mama should tell the people of Upper East region what he has done for them. He's not, he's not the same vice president. Pohamia Samoa has told you, the campaign of vice president uh, uh, Baumia was run on ethnicity and religion. Ethnicity and religion. The only claim to being the flag bearer of the MPP was because he's a Muslim and he's a Northern. We will not go into that because I don't believe that Northerners and Muslims are so stupid as not to know who can perform and change their status and conditions in life and who cannot. Now, it's honesty. It's honesty and dissipation of resources that will define election 2020. Honesty. And, and, and dissipation of resources. Recklessness in the, in, the, in the utilization of the resources of this country. That will define. Because you see, like the chairman of the TU said,
Ghana is not poor. We aren't poor. Mm. It's the policies of the government that has made us poor. If not, tell me, COVID alone brought more than 33 billion cities to this country. Mm. COVID, in terms of assistance. Have you read the Auditor General's report mm -hmm. on the utilization of the COVID resources? Mm -hmm. Where resources were so dissipated with careless abandon that if you want to properly describe the Auditor General's report, it is a report on how not to use the resources of a country prudently. That is what the people of Ghana want to see change. Mm. Do you, you, tell, you tell me that the people of Ghana are, are better than the Baumia and the Nakufadu's government? The World Bank, hello, tells us mm. that the policies of this government have reversed the growth in prosperity mm. by sending millions of people. 850,000. 850,000, actually. That is by their calculation. But you are, you are quoting them. That's, I'm not quoting them. I'm not quoting them. I'm saying the World Bank uh, uh, has said uh -huh. the millions of people. Mm. But actually said 850,000. 850. Have gone to poverty. Do you know that, what that means? Mm. That's a retrogression. That is under this government. Mm. It is under this government that a country like ours cannot service his debt. Not even under a champion. Mm. Not even under a champion when we could not, when we decided that we wouldn't pay because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it was believed that the previous government had contracted the loans in ways that were inconsistent with the laws of the country. Mm. Not because we were poor. Not because we couldn't pay. It is under this government. I mean, if Ghanaians think that this thievery, corruption, Perfidy must go on. That is a decision for Ghanaians to make. But it is under this government that you have a finance minister who benefits from contracts or loans that the country takes. Mm. And we see nothing wrong with that. We see absolutely nothing wrong with that. It is under this government that members of parliament, of the government, passed a vote of no confidence in their president. Because they challenge the decision of their president to continue to maintain one of his ministers in office. There's no problem. But that has come out to be artificial. Uh, what because artificial? they say that there were some people who were pushing for that because of one or two things. And when those people were sorted, that campaign has died out. Well, what is artificial about that? That you mean that the members of parliament did not openly issue they did, but we understand there were some factors which were were, were generated you, you understand that way so so we hear so you so you hear mm -hmm. was it public uh, yeah more or less i mean well, who who did the press conference because i had them i had them do press conference and i had them say mm -hmm. the president say mm -hmm. that look after imf he will consider their decision so i, I don't think that mm -hmm. I, I think that the president thought that their decision mm -hmm. was important and material but that the circumstances and the timing mm. was wrong. Mm -hmm. But the fact still remains that if it were a purely parliamentary system of government, that would have resulted in the collapse yeah, of the well, government, yes. the removal of the president. Because they challenged mm. his decision. It is under this government, under this government, that a minister of state has turned his home 
or her home into a bank. And we have no problem with that. We still think that we want to continue with this type. What we are asking for is, look, as a country, our resources must be for our own benefit. I always say that people challenge John Dramani Mama on the basis of what he has performed. In fact, Baumia was at the forefront of categorizing John Dramani Mama as incompetent. Yes. And today, the incompetent or competence of Baumia has so manifested itself in such a way that he has run away from managing the economy for what for which reason Nana Kovado said he brought him to, to partner him into talking about something else. You know, he talks about the blue economy. <laughs> so so to be honest with you, I understand. I mean the, he says John Draman Muhammad in his book said that he couldn't take a decision on his own. And then he that, did. That's a classic one. No. The bicycle downhill. No. What I'm saying is that, and then he derives that. You don't see the conception. Mm. John Draman Muhammad is telling you that in taking decisions, you must ensure that you have the buy in of everybody. Mm. You have the buy in. You see, dictators and tyrants will never appreciate somebody who says that. I don't want to take a decision on my own. Mm. I want everybody's buy-in so that I can see the global picture. It is because of the tyranny and arbitrariness of this government that we are suffering the way we are suffering. When we said that the free senior high school system was good, but two underlying conditions needed to be taken into consideration. One, the funding regime. We, we are going to pay, and the cost will escalate over a period of time. How are we going to fund it? What was the response? Even if it means using oil revenue to fund it, we will do so. Decisions have consequences. Make sure you have the support. Very you talk about 24-hour <clears throat> economy. 24-hour economy. It's a basic economic activity that people who want progress engage in. In the salon, you are a lawyer. Mm. You are also yeah. a journalist. Mm. When you are not practicing your journalistic business, you are doing law. You are doing law. <laughs> so you are dividing your time in such a way as to enhance your personal wealth mm. and development. What's, what's different from, from people are lawyers, MPs, and farmers? Mm. The same thing. When, and I'm happy that we have been talking about after, 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 that is the African growth, uh, what is it? Continental free trade. Free trade area. Now, 24 hour economy must give us an opportunity to produce, to be able to meet. The African market. In fact, it is not that different from industrialization, except that the concept is not talking to establishing new industries. The concept is talking to expanding the capacity of industries to meet demand. Mm. 
So if you don't understand it, say you don't understand it. But don't deride it. Mm. The countries that have progressed have progressed because of optimum use of resources. The industries must, must optimize mm. <clears throat> so that they don't, the marginal cost of production will, work, for me. will reduce. And John Rahman and Muhammad haven't had the benefit of being, being in president. Office, being president knows that the way to go mm. is to push for the optimization of industry. Very well. And so, well, for me, let me conclude by simply saying that the people of Ghana know who they can trust when it comes to promises. Mm -hmm. Because trust on the seventh day of December 2024, even though you will go in to cast your ballots, those on the ballot paper for presidential elections, the question will actually be, who amongst these people can you trust? Mm. Very well. Um, <clears throat> uh, Samoa, I, I come to you. Uh, I know you are running your own campaign, etc. But what should be on the to-do list of Baumia now that he's been elected flag bearer of the party? Now, I'm careful, based on your education, not to say the leader of the party, which is a major takeaway from this program today. What must he be doing? And how should uh, Nanado conduct himself and the affairs of his government, knowing that he's lame that now and has an objective of making Baumia the president, his decisions, etc.? How should that be? Salam. <clears throat> the people of Ghana need political leadership that's responsive to their needs. Mm. What they don't want is what is happening here. Mm. You did this, you did that, you did this, you did but that. recently you yeah. were in this too. Exactly, but mm. that is why we have moved on. Mm. It in doesn't the, help this country. There's, there's it doesn't help. You want somebody who appreciates what is at stake. And mm. what is at stake? The elephant in the room. If mm. Nanado is to conduct himself in any other way, mm. if Baumia is to conduct himself in any other way, debt! How are you going to address the debt? Right from the beginning, Alan proffered the 10-10-10 solution. Mm. You know, give across board, cut of 10% on principal, 10% interest rate over 10 years. <laughs> they didn't listen. Mm. And, and look at where we are. Has Baumia commented on the economy? The only way they can redeem themselves is to tell us something about the economy. Alan's GDP, GTP is looking at boosting revenue beyond it dovetails into the end of the IMF program in fact it's, it's concurrent uh, and it will start in 2025 immediately he's in charge so how do you boost revenue growth through trade mm. no nation in the world has developed substantially without heavy trade and trade is production plus markets happily Alan has set the framework in terms of production He's the one who developed the PSIs that would revolve around local stuff, mm. local raw materials that have heavy potential to make a difference. And they're already making a difference. Mm. Uh, salt, uh, cassava, you know about the ethanol uh, uh, factories that are being set up. Uh, garments, you know what has happened to garments. Look at all of us, except Alaji who is wearing a coolie high and uh, uh, I don't know where he got his shirt from. You know, <laughs> but but no, he's saying it's, it's been locally produced. You're and just then, the and then you have the markets, African continental free trade area, Agua as well. So, 
Alan has been instrumental to the foundation that needs to be exploited to drive growth and allow us to expand. How does he do that? You need executive authority to do this. They are fighting over who used executive authority for what. And over the years, we've realized that the people feel that the way both parties have used executive authority hasn't helped them. And don't forget, the presidency is the most powerful office in the land. Article 58. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't talk about parties. Mm -hmm. Article 58 doesn't talk about parties. No, it is about the individual personality who determines what to prioritize. So once you have a president, the president must prioritize what is important, not only to him, but to the people of the country. At the moment, what is important to the people? Jobs, growth, stabilizing the economy, growing the economy, jobs, more uh, access to public services, better quality public services, uh, clarity in education, all those things that matter to the everyday lives of the people. So if you don't put something down that impacts the economy directly, then uh, literally you are just holding on to executive power uh, 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 for your own ends. And, and therefore, it's important that we get it clear mm. that the only priority of the Ghanaian voter going into 2024, 7 December, is the presidential candidate, mm. the personality who has a plan for resolving the economic issues beyond the IMF, who will take us out of the IMF effectively, and not only just take out out of the IMF in terms of stability, but build on it so we don't go back there ever. And Alan has that plan, GDP, GTP, the Great Transformational Plan. Alan has it. It is there to be interrogated. Uh, like Franklin said, we are meeting civil society on Tuesday. Civil society has invited Alan to come and engage. And when he goes, he will demonstrate that he's a pragmatic centrist. I, I, I wasn't surprised when Franklin was using pragmatism. He's a pragmatic centrist. In other words, in this country, we all tend to follow IMF mm. proposals, true or false. So whilst we speak socialism and capitalism and all that, we all tend to try and deliver welfare to the people. In Alan's knowledge and estimation, the best way of delivering welfare is to open up opportunities. How do you do that? You have a lean state that facilitates private sector growth. Mm. That's what you do. And we've been talking about private sector growth for years without actually giving us the details and the sinews. The GTP tells you exactly how the private sector is going to be driven by a lean state, a lean government, so that we take away creation of wealth from the government, which is fueling the corruption, and center creation of wealth on the private sector. We must begin to celebrate the private sector for creating wealth, rather than keeping wealth creation within government ambits and, and being selective about private sector growth, and indeed criminalizing policy whenever government changes. NDC comes in, they'll criminalize everything NDP has done. Mm. NDP comes in, they'll criminalize everything NDC has done. And what happens? They build debt. Because the things they criminalize and stop pursuing are all based on borrowed resources. Mm. So you have a debt mounting that none of them can, can climb over because they are still borrowing to pay debt. Mm. You need to generate the resources from inside. Very Alan right. Martin has demonstrated over the years that he understands how to create wealth Very within well. the country. So, well. so it's a question of electing the right person, mm. the pragmatist, 
to lead us out of the woods. We have moved beyond uh, equalization. Uh, you did this, and uh, you did that. MPP did this, NDC did that. Uh, uh, that is not what voters of 2024 want to hear. Mm. Whatever you did before, we've had enough of it. Now, voters want to see a personality who will use executive power under Article 58 to prioritize their needs, to ensure that they can look forward to something, mm. to give them hope that we can turn this country around, and open spaces and opportunity for all. Very well. Uh, the, the, I mean, so I'm just wondering the, the way you speak. So, are you? I've not heard you resign from the MPP. Mm. Uh, obviously, an Alan person now as movement for change. What's your status now, really? Well, as far as I'm concerned, mm. the movement for change is a movement. Mm. It is not a, a political, political party. party. But you're so, going so, against so, the, so, the, so, the party's yes. candidate. It's up to the party to determine whatever it is. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, I am prepared to vote for my MPP. Presidential MPP parliamentary candidate, mm. but in all of Ghana, mm. there's only one president, one person who can meet the needs of Ghanaians at the presidential level, and that's Alan Shamatin. Mm. And I'm going to vote for mm. Alan Shamatin. And even though that 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 that, that breaches uh, maybe what your party may talk about, because you should you should all follow the party candidate. You are you, you the, are choosing the, another one ahead of your party candidate. That is where that is where. The party itself mm. has been in self-denial and mm. has shot itself in the foot. Mm. That is where when you skew elections, <laughs> you have a situation elections where a group within the party, mm -hmm. a small group, mm. are directed to provide a candidate who is not the choice of the majority. Mm. And, and so Mr. Chirmatin had to step out of the party simply because he had to sidestep that small group. Mm. But that's, once that small group is, is skewed to take a certain decision, then you are expected in spite of the falsity of that decision, to stay in mm. and follow and keep quiet when you know that you are being led to the slaughter mm. because that decision is simply not right for Ghana. And I so see. the Movement for Change has sidestepped the Electoral College of the MPP. Mm. It is offering Mr. Chemating as the best and most viable option mm. for the presidency of I the see. Republic. Very it's well. up to the NPP as a corporate body to determine, to determine whether or not they want to lose parliament as well. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, frankly, um, we, we are wrapping up. Um, they, they, my, my guests, two of them especially, have, have tried to nicely skirt around the, the issues, around the to-do list for Bahamia and what the lame darkness of Nanado will be. Uh, hopefully, you don't do the same. What, 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 should you be, what should you be expecting Bahamia to do now? How does he bridge the gap? How does he bring back persons who were initially aligned to Alan Chermantin and also now Kennedy Japan? Very divisive campaign they ran. How does he do that? Well, I thought you asked the question before this one. I think you refined the question. The mm. original question was, what should Nanado be doing as well? Yes, so it's all uh, together. So it's limb darkness and all of that. So it's all put together. Mm. Yeah. see. <laughs> well, um, I had my good friend Nanado suggest that you do everything, you move heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. You know, that's about me. And uh, I was wondering at the point whether he was not the same person who promised that he would deliver the cathedral by the end of 2015. 20, no, but he, says, 20, he still 20. says he will do it. I don't know how, but he, say, he still says he, he will do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's God's house. It can you be know, built miraculously. You know that is, you know that is what... No, miracles still, ha still, still happen. I mean, this is God's house. <laughs> you know, mathematically, physically, and spiritually impossible. <laughs> so, I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, look, uh, the president said he's going to help his candidates, and I think he will. 
but he also needs to come to the table by making sure that he says certain things, probably recounts a number of things that he, he had actually done. Um, it is important for him to say that, look, I have the biggest, the largest government ever in the history of this country. I didn't listen to when people were telling me things were going wrong and I needed to change the ship, uh, maybe the crew of the ship. I did not do so. In fact, what I did was actually add, add another crew member at some mm. point. I need to be sure that my candidate, my preferred candidate, Baumia, would not go on to that, would not go on that path. I need to be sure that, look, I promise that nobody is going to receive a haircut. And you know, these things are personal to some of us, indeed personal to many people. And it's not because I received a haircut, which it was an ugly haircut, by the way. Um, I suspect everybody received a haircut anyway. Um, it's not, but you see, these are personal issues and the ramifications are little. If you talk about the economy of everybody, you know, a while ago I was telling you, we should, we probably do not have to compartmentalize poverty because what makes me poor today may be something may be different from what makes me poor tomorrow. But the fact that the matter is that poverty exists and there's been some paucity, sorry, there's been the, the levels of poverty across the entire breadth of the country uh, as witnessed by persons may be different, but indeed there has been poverty. And it's been due to the poverty of decision making, which my good friend Anando superintended at some point. I think it is important that he says these things and say that, look, I'm sorry, there were things that I promised to do but because of my hard-headedness and strong-headedness, I actually forgot and I'm sorry. My beloved son, Baumia, should be looked on with pity because he's not going to do something of that nature. In any case, these are just sermons from me. Mm. Uh, as many people will take it, that's another matter. But I'm just saying that being a lame duck president does not mean that by suggesting that I want to help, he wants to help his, his preferred candidates, he should be out there making... Um, enormous promises or singing the spirit tune he sang from his own hymn sheet, which did not help us in that particular course. It is important for him to leave Bahamia to actually face the whole, I mean, face the entire country and also answer the question, how he's going to move the country from taxation to production? Because that is really, really important. As we speak right now, businesses are suffering. Um, many businesses are not able to I wonder how businesses survive actually, because if you thought about it, really, uh, interest rates are in double digits, and uh, and uh, in the inflation is almost in double digits as well. And I'm wondering how anybody running a business can actually make can make a profit and then reinvest in the economy. So Bamiya would also have to tell us exactly how he wants to build the private sector that can deliver effectiveness away from the inefficiencies of government. Because we've seen how governments are becoming efficient anytime they are at the, at the behest of the economy. It is important for Bamiya to say, for instance, that look, procurement, which happens to be the harbinger of corruption, which we saw a lot under this administration. In fact, at some point, close to 95% of um, all procurement probably were not done through the government system, right? They were not being done through the system that had been agreed upon to be done in some, some regard. It was little wonder you saw that the Auditor General's report suggested that only 25% of all COVID money was actually used for COVID issues, COVID-related interventions. It is because of procurement. And I'm sure you know the history of money and the number of agencies under this administration when it comes to procurement. 
Procurement is the most important avenue through which politicians make money. And it is unfortunately one of the things that has rocked this administration. And I'm sure Baumia would have to deal with it. He also needs to deal, obviously, I've mentioned the issues about debt. It's, 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 it's front and center. And um, my good friend, uh, um, oh, GTP man in the studio. That is one of the critical issues we need to be dealing with as well. It is important because how we deal with that matter determines the future of this country. In fact, as you speak, if anybody wins, if whoever wins the presidency, the pres the pres presidency would have to deal with uh, the fact that for the next four years, we are in the throes of an economic program whose only survival would depend on how government behaves. And how government behaves is a function of how many people are appointed into office, the caliber of persons that are appointed into office. In fact, we now have to have to we now have to have a conversation about how a potential Baumia, a potential Mahama government will copy from the habits of what I call highly effective countries. And it's important that we do that. And by the way, these things are not new. We keep saying that to develop this country doesn't take I don't I, I, I struggle to understand why it's so difficult to do. And it's difficult to do only because when politicians take charge, they want to appease everybody. And so they divide the entire resources of the country, doing bits and pieces and not necessarily following through. And the bits and pieces they do eventually, 70% or 80% gets procured wrongly and ends up in their pockets. I think these are matters we need to deal with. And whoever promises to do these things pragmatically, honestly, and indeed true meritocracy, uh, will definitely be giving the Ghanaian a very good run for his or her money. It is important that this becomes the front and center of any election. And so Baumian would have to deal with the issues, legacy issues, um, and indeed, the Nanado would also have to be calm in making sure that he doesn't annoy a lot more people in trying to deliver Baumian. Indeed, he has to be careful because uh, if he doesn't say certain things right, people may come after him and indeed Baumian will suffer as a result. Already Baumian is, uh, is, is accused, and rightly so, of being gathered in the loins um, with, with, with Mahapu, sorry, Nanado when it comes to the economy. And, and and also simply because of the many things he said during the last several elections, you see. So it is important that he tries to address all these issues. And uh, let's see how it turns out really. I see. Very final one on this. Um, will Nanado be an asset or a liability to the Baumia campaign, given the economy, given the performance and everything? What do you think Nanado will be to uh, Baumia? And you think that now Baumia should openly associate with him or he should find a way of breaking quite clean from him so he does his own independent, in quotes, campaign? As of right, as of now, Baumia and Nanado share the assets and abilities of this government anyway. So, um, so it's a 50-50%. Mm. Now, if I were at Baumia, I'll be careful how I deploy Nanado in going to uh, probably increase my liabilities because we already share Shabu Shabu, 50-50. So if I don't take care and I add him, it depends on where I would like him to go and speak. I probably would not put him on several campaign platforms. I'd rather make maybe, and again, I'm not necessarily saying that's what Bamiya should do, uh, but I'll be very careful asking Nanado 
to speak on many, many issues, especially the economy. Uh, to me. In any case, but let's be fair, Nanado, my good friend, has actually already given up the ghost, really, when it comes to the management of the economy. I think he said a while back that uh, he's run his race, and the uh, next person will come and deal with the challenges of the economy. I think he said that. That's on August 26th. He said he elected a new leader to, to deal with the economy. <laughs> That's how the super so, delegates uh, so, election. <laughs> so clearly, my good man, uh, Nanado, has actually given up the ghost. Not physically, but in all forms, spiritually, cathedral, and indeed, when it comes to the economy, he's actually given up the ghost as well. So, uh, Bamiya will be well advised. Very well. Thanks so much. I'll, I'll take a break. When I come back, we look at the matter of Akosombo. It's a major matter on our, on our list, and we have to see what we can do. The matter of resettlement hasn't really come up. What can be done about that? Should there even be a discussion at all? Are we in a position to resettle the people? What must we do? We know about the voter uh, river trust fund. How much is in there? What can he do? We'll be right back. Don't go away. Yeah, welcome back to the big issue. I just gone by to hit a political discussion on Baumia and the NDC, uh, Mahama and Alan Shermanting, whether indeed uh, we are breaking the eight, upholding the eight, or breaking the duopoly. Uh, interesting discussion, and it will continue. So discussion, you know, you have you don't have a conclusion. It will continue to the very end, where December seven will deliver the outcome. Whether indeed we are breaking the eight, we are upholding it, or we are breaking the duopoly. So we'll, we'll keep our, our eyes on, 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 we'll keep our eyes, or we'll keep watching that space. Now let's move to the humanitarian matter happening in the lower Volta, some part of the greater Accra region, some part of the eastern region. Uh, about 40,000 people, quite unprecedented in our history, have been displaced, and there is very little in terms of the talk about resettlement. People have said that the guys, they need to be resettled, because indeed, as the energy minister said in parliament this week, if the situation or the circumstance that led to the spillage repeat themselves next year, they will spill again to uh, protect the sanctity of the dam. Of course, we do not want the dam to break because the consequences of that will be very, very, very devastating for a lot more people. So we owe it as a duty to ensure, despite the, 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 the economic benefit of the dam, to ensure that the dam itself operates and its sanctity is, is maintained. What happens to the people who live there? Are they likely, would they, should they be allowed or would they be made to suffer again like this next year if the circumstances require so? Five years' time, the circumstances require so. How long can they keep suffering this? And what then becomes of their lives? Must they leave their place? Is there anything government can do to facilitate their movement from the place? Shouldn't we start looking at the matter of resettlement, building new communities for them so they can move far away from where the devastation itself is. It may get there, but it may take some more spillage uh, beyond, way beyond what we see now to get there. What is the solution on the table? Um, I think I'll start with you, Honorable Ines Afuseni, on this. What should the plan be? And we get the impression from government that government appears co is, is committed to resettlement. I didn't get that from the energy minister's speech. It didn't actually come out. No, 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 no clear way forward actually came out in his speech or in his address to parliament in respect of this? Yeah, the Volta region, and particularly the Akosombo-Dance village matter, has been a matter of grave concern and betrays the lack of preparedness by government and governmental institutions for emergencies of, the, of that nature. Clearly, uh, in view of what is happening globally, I mean, climate change conditions, and uh, El Nino and other climate, climatic situations are occurring, our ability to predict the rainfall patterns and the quantity of rains or rainwater that we will get 
is continuously challenged. Mm. And, and so uh, mitigation efforts are those that are required in issues or in matters of this nature. I mean, and this is true that where the dam exceeds its capacity, because every dam is constructed to hold a certain volume of water, mm. and where the volume of water exceeds the capacity of the dam, the integrity of the dam is that will be compromised. Now, the only way that you can continue to maintain the integrity of the dam is to let some of the water go out of the dam. Now, and that is where the challenge is. The water leaving the dam, and that is what I see happened in the case of the Volta River Authority. It must be controlled in such a way that it doesn't flood and inundate mm. the whole area at a go, and that people who are potentially to be affected would be moved out of harm's way. So that uh, you are able to tell that you are going to release this cubic feet of water mm. or cubic meters of water at this particular time. And you calculate how it will flow along the corridor and so that you will program your next uh, release of water. But this is not, this does is, this is not happen. Or mm. if it happened, the way it happened was not that effective and efficient that the people were caught and they have to live in, in conditions that clearly, clearly derogate from the dignity of humans. Uh, I think that in future, we'll continue to record, I mean, and we better have water than not having water because mm -hmm. the Akusombo Dam is built to provide us with close to a thousand megawatts mm -hmm. of energy. And so uh, we will continue to retain the water to be able to produce power. Its power is the cheapest, mm -hmm. apart, from, apart from power generated from uh, nuclear. Uh, it's, it's the cheapest, so we will continue to generate power from that. Uh, we only will want to employ on state institutions, and particularly the Volta River Authority, and they have got the Volta River Authority Settlement Fund. Yeah, trust Fund, yes. Trust Fund, which was, which was set up when the dam was built, because they knew that many communities along the pathway of the dam will be inundated, and some of them will have to move and resettle. But resettlement has been a great difficulty because the constitution sets up the criteria for resettling people. Mm -hmm. Their social and economic conditions must be taken into consideration when resettling. So, for instance, the people in the Akosombo area, if their way of life has been fishing, you must resettle them on areas or riverbanks which can allow and support their conditions of life and their economic activities. When, how do you do that? So, clearly there is a challenge. But presently, what we should be doing as a people is to ensure that the, the institution managing the Volta River Authority uh, or, or the institution managing the dam, which is the Volta River Authority, uh, must conduct itself in such a way that it is abreast with water inflows into the dam, that when they are going to take an action to, come, uh, to safeguard the integrity of the dam, that all the communities that are downstream are involved in the decision making and the preparatory steps to get them out of harm's way, that the release of water from the dam must be controlled in such a way as to reduce the damage that will be done to those living downstream. And we, if we are able to do all these things, it will mitigate the impact of the spillage, which will obviously come if we have more water in the dam on the lives 
and lifestyles of the people living downstream. Mm. I see. Interesting. Um, uh, very little has been spoken about in terms of resettlement. All we do is to go throughout, throw some relief items at the people. You know, I'm not sure what the discussion has been at the uh, interministerial committee set up to deal with this. Are you getting the, the impression that the issue about resettlement, you know, compensation, etc., is, is front and center of government's approach to dealing with this uh, um, humanitarian crisis? It depends on the context in which you view resettlement. If you view it narrowly, then perhaps you're missing the opportunity that this uh, social disaster uh, is giving the country yeah. to reset itself and look at the entire question of what happens in the Volta Basin mm. as a whole. In terms of resettlement, we have experience. We've done it in the Keta Lagoon area uh, before. Uh, but I, I think this is an opportunity to go back to the drawing board, look at the entire blueprint, and, and review why we are allowing millions of gallons of fresh water mm -hmm. to simply be dissipated into the ocean. Millions of gallons of fresh water. And, and if we were to deal with this upstream and develop the kind of canals and things that would imagine the support to the livelihoods that he is talking about, then it means you can actually resettle people along man-made canals and rivers and get them doing the fish farming and the farming that will actually boost their lifestyles and economies. They are still artisanal at the moment. Mm -hmm. Those who came and for want of the infrastructure put commercial farms within the lake itself have lost everything. Have lost everything. So, so doing something innovative and different is a non sequitur. And, and let's not talk money. And this is where we as a country must be going if we are going to have growth. We have the Paulo Dam, which will cost us about $930 million. Mm. We are waiting to borrow $930 million. And then... But we're told three, four years ago that end of this year that was going to come. Is that going to happen in there? Mm. But nothing is happening there. So, so, so imagine that you have a network from Polugu down towards the bottom, which can recycle some of this water before it even gets into the turbines. Assuming you are spending $2 billion, $2 billion, $2.5 billion, are you telling me you can't transition private capital in Ghana to that? Mm. If you are securing guarantees for return of that money because VRA is a blue chip mm. entity and in American terms or in the European markets if you say blue chip it means that it's a stock you can't mm. lose and VRA by nature of the institution it is and what it does mm. it's virtually guaranteed that if you put money in it you can't lose but somebody must lead and point us in that direction and change the dynamic of how we view these things and think instead of sitting back now that the larger uh, issues are over this that's your worry mm. uh, no the spill is over so gradually we drift off into other things mm -hmm. and come a year mm -hmm. people have been left mm -hmm. to struggle mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden well, they are, they are inundated again, again mm -hmm. because nothing was was thought through strategically this is a major opportunity to rethink the entire 
basin, Volta River Basin, particularly in the light of Galamsi and the other rivers that are going bad from mining and all that and all that. But my headache is the amount of water we are losing. Mm. Not to talk about the people who have been victims of this. So, so there must be a holistic plan. And we can develop it. There should be established a multi-task force with different capacities managed by VRE under perhaps one or two, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be several ministries like Stena, but uh, some sort of supervisory agency at cabinet level to, to revisit what this whole concept was about since 1963. Uh, uh, we should review compensation beyond giving money mm. to people who have been affected uh, and look at how we can do things that require major investments that will change the engineering profile of the area, that will, that will afford opportunity for a real boost to, to lifestyles in, in terms of, yes, resettling the people, but in doing so, giving them new opportunities to be better at what they do before. Farmers must be settled to be better at farming because now you're using the same water to irrigate their farms. Uh, fish. Sharp people must be better because now you are giving them opportunity to divert streams where they can rear fish and others to boost the economies of these people beyond the pheasant farming style. In, in diverting the, 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 the lake or the streams to other places, what happens when, so we're looking at a situation now where the dam is, is getting filled up. Yes. What happens in lean seasons or when we don't have a lot of rainfall? Those diversions only cause, cause problems for, for the turbines in the dam proper. Yeah, but you have a Polugu dam up and you have Bagre dam. So it's a matter of degree. Mm. You have canals that you open and close. Mm. So these are sluices allowing water through. If your general water level is down, you shut your mm. uh, sluices, you understand, and build up the water in the main dam. Mm. So, so we also have to realize that you have a big situation of climate change. But uh, even in the dry season, when you don't have too much water, we still spill water through the turbines. Mm. <laughs> Am I correct? Yes. There's always water going through the turbines. If you go to the estuary, where it enters the, 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 the sea, there's volumes, millions of gallons of water going into the sea. Whether it, and I'm telling you, if it were any other country where we were prepared to do some engineering, mm. So, so that water is, is, will not is the be level allowed. of devastation we've seen in the areas. I mean, mm. the whole area is submerged, and now people, these are people uh, trying to cut some of their belongings through it's, the water. It's, it's so painful. And, and, and look at homes. And, it's so and painful. In, in some situations, the whole buildings, you can only so see painful. The, the, the roofing. I had the, the, I had the very, opportunity very, of is, going is, to Mepe with uh, Mr. Chairman. The, the water course, yes. you can easily identify the water course. Mm -hmm. So you see, it's uh, policing the water may, course may effectively. I, mm, may yeah. I? No, so this business about yeah. policing, mm. breaking down things after we've watched them sprout, mm. doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work anymore. Uh, when brick houses. We are always trying short term. No, because nobody's no, no, paying for them. No, 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 no nobody's yeah, paying the yeah, price. The so the assembly, they <laughs> sit up, and, they, they and sit they, there, sure. people build in a house. There's trouble. Yes. Then we, so, so we yes. must nib it from, from the top. It must be part of a raft of measures. I'm saying that. We need to review the bigger mm. issue, longer term, 
and also accept that as Ghanaians, we can raise capital within Ghana. There are Ghanaian business people who have money mm. who are still investing in importing handkerchiefs from China. Yeah. Socks, singlets from China. Some of those people, people who import shiploads of rice. You know how much a shipload of rice costs? Mm. There are dollar millionaires in Ghana who are heavily involved <laughs> and would want to transition their, their uh, 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 capital into something, provided you can guarantee that they will get their returns back. Mm. And I'm saying that that process of, of private state support, mm. you know, we must think through it and have a permanent solution that uplifts the lives of the people around the occupations they are used to, but at a more you know, rarefied level, mm. that, that fishermen will be giving a new lease of life and that farmers will be giving a new lease of life. Not necessarily uprooting them and dumping them on higher ground because mm. that will impact their social and economic lives. But it must be holistically thought through. Mm. And, and, and there's a plan. The original plan had a lot of these issues in there. Have we followed it? disruptions of government here and there. It means we haven't followed that original blueprint. Mm. So there's something there. Go back to it. Perhaps even the, the fund, the resettlement fund. fund yeah. Uh, 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 and we hear every year is, is at to the put moment. in some $500,000 yeah, The way it's designed so. at the moment mm. may not be resilient mm. enough, may, may not be responsive mm. enough. Nothing stops a review mm. of the structure mm. of the fund. You understand? Hmm. This is a big asset. It is not cheap, yeah. and, and, and we can raise money mm. into that asset and do something entirely different. I, I cringe whenever I go near that estuary and, and I see the millions of gallons of water just, just, getting just into the going sea. out mm. to sea. I see. All right, frankly, um, there, there, there was a plan, uh, but it appears the plan is, is not being followed. When you listen to all of this and you observe the situation happening there, does it appear that we actually want to solve this or we have what we take to resolve the matter as my two earlier panelists have 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 said or have i mean have profit hello franklin can you hear me um uh, yeah, I, I don't think we have a okay we have a history can you hear yes, me? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes. I, yes. I my, internet, my internet is it's a bit delayed. Up today. Okay. Uh, mm. Sorry, my internet mm. is really. Mm. Right. You know, um, mm. uh, I think Franklin's network indeed is, 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 is acting up. I hope that it doesn't. It, well, it's already a ritual in this book. Um, as I was saying, um, there is some. No, Franklin's line is the ones we we just witnessed. Can you hear me? Uh, we're struggling, but let, let's let's see if it's getting better. Oh dear. All right. Well, as I was saying, I think it's become a ritual, isn't it? The way we deal with this matters uh, uh, that that actually come come to, uh, this come to us. Um, I'm hoping that this will be the last of this kind of response that we've already given to the to the to the calamitous events um, on the issue of resettlement. I think we need to go back to that subject. We must agree, though, that 
um, resettlement was part of the plan initially. And all those persons who are currently around those areas were not were not were not supposed to be there. I mean, let's be, let's face facts. I mean, that's a story. But the, 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 the initial resettlement plan did not envisage that those areas would be encroached, which is true. Uh, so how we do it is that how we not settled with Fomaho. Because trust me, the the climate is not changing and it is it's constantly changing. And I'm not sure this will be the last of what we've seen. So I think resettlement again would have to be part of this plan and, and, and how we deal with that. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have any answers for that. But I think we, I don't. If I were living in those areas, I don't think I'll be going back uh, anytime soon at all. I really would not wish to go back there at all because uh, climate is changing and it's going to continue to change, and, and not for the better, but for the worse. I see. Thanks so much, Franklin. Um, I end with you, um, um, Harina. Uh, um, people so think, uh, what's government's plan really? People say they've not seen much on the ground. They've not seen any commitment. Um, energy ministers in parliament he didn't really say much about the people he only said that the dam will be spilled again if they have to spill it and all of that um but what's what's the what's the what's the conversation um salam um um the voter River authority um since the inception of this particular devastating uh act has uh, been on the ground um people will have the right to say they have not seen much uh, because uh, the 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 extent of this 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 uh, dam issue or the water issue is very worrisome and I think that work might have been overwhelmed uh, with regards to the nature of devastation mm. that has hit the good people of uh, Volta, Oti, Eastin and part of Greater Accra. Uh, it is something all of us as a nation will need to look at. Uh, but in that instance, government has tried as much as possible to do its bit and I must also commend the City TV, City FM, for that kind of uh, humanitarian service that uh, you have offered to assist the good people of the Volta, uh, Oti, and then the other parts of the country. Um, I think that we should have a national discussion on how we should deal with this particular matter. We should get experts to look at it, because if you look at um, the periods on which this dam has been spilled, uh, ranging from 1963 to date, and you look at what happened uh, uh, in what I listened to uh, Bernard and Co. when they went to Mekpe and uh, Bakpa, the new Bakpa, uh, they did indicate that um, this, the, the last time it happened to them was in 1963, mm -hmm. and they were not being resettled, and there has not been any trace of any government that has uh, taken the initiative to resettle them until CTFM is taking that particular, CTFM, CTTV is taking the initiative to build a whole community uh, for them. I think we should have a national discussion on this matter. Relook at uh, some of the expensable areas that uh, VRA should be looking at in terms of the package that has been put. And we also get a very good demarcation, like what Honorable Winusa has said. If you look at it, you see that this is an area that water passes through. And uh, I also share much with what YB has said. Uh, Lord, water is a resource. The water that has been sent away 
uh, is a resource. Once that resource also goes, it distracts other economic mm -hmm. activities and the living standard of the people. So we must also look at how we'll be able to complete the Palogu Dam. That will also generate some power for us. Mm -hmm. And then also look at how to get a closer by dam that can at least contain some level of water. When in dry season, these water can be repumped back into the, the Akusumbo Dam if we are losing water, as is being said. Mm. So these are areas that we have to look at as a nation mm. because this cannot continue to happen when I know very well that when I go back, water will come and take over of me again. And Salom, before I conclude on my discussions on this matter, I want to correct one thing mm. uh, with regards to the economic management team. Oh, in, two, yes, in 2009, mm. that was somewhere 28 April 2009, mm. the NDC government under Professor Mills set up an economic advisory council. Mm. There was nothing like economic management team. But what was the that, difference? That really? was, that, I, I, I want to state, mm. that was headed by Dr. Gabin Nankani mm. and then Toby Afede, Mr. Mr. Emmanuel Ablo, Mr. K.Y. Amwa, Dr. Kadman Atamils, Professor K.N. Afu, Mr. Fred Ohini Kenna, and Mr. Parkwisi Emisa Atta, Mr. Ismail Yamsen, and Mr. Joe Hyde. Mm. There was no mention of His Excellency the Vice President. I see. So in comparison of Vice President Mahama, Vice President Baumia, if you mention any record, it's an achievement of His Excellency Professor Mills, but certainly not <laughs> Vice President. <laughs> that, that's interesting. Yes. But I thought there was a ticket. the legal basis of the establishment of an economic management? Yeah, but the point is leadership. The point here is leadership. The point here is leadership. So how did how, how do you come by the term economic management? <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, no, no. It was, just a, it was just a creation. Of well, yes, it. Well, 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 economic management is a creation of yeah, the <laughs> In this case, in this case, in this case, no, no, we are talking about the vice presidentship. No, no, and I'm leadership. saying that I'm actually. Your, your leading, point is that yeah, Mama was not part of that. He was, he was, he was the advisory advisory team, and he was advisory team, and he didn't lead. No, he's talking about advisory team. I'm just asking a simple question. What is the legal basis of the establishment of an economic management team? They are to manage, and this no, one, no, 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 they is are it? To no, no, no. There's no legal basis. Yes, they are to advise. There's no legal basis. There's no legal basis. There's no legal basis. But the one, the one which was led by the boss, there was a subcommittee. There was a cabinet subcommittee which was led by a boss, which was the one with the legal basis. What he has done is that. What he has simply done is that he's transposed. An economic advisory mm. team mm. on a, an economic management team. Yeah, and you're seeking no, no, please, please, let's talk. And you're seeking to argue mm. that there is no economic management team. Yeah, there was no. There was no. My time is up. My time is up. All right. So this has been our show today. My name is Salam Adoni. My guest, Franklin Kujo, President of Mali Africa, Yabwabi Asamoa, Senior Advisor to Alan Chairman, Senior of the Movement for Change, Enusa Fuseni, Minister for Former Minister for Many Portfolios and Former MP for. Tamale Central and Haruna Mohammed, uh, Deputy General Secretary of the MP. My name is Salam Adoni. Thanks so much for watching us. Catch you same time again next week. Have a good afternoon.